This is the PKD Black Box, Episode 6. This episode of the PKD Black Box is brought to you by AtomicTiki.blogspot.com, the virtual home of comic artist Steve Bryant, Eisner Award nominee and creator of Athena Voltaire. His work has appeared in IDW and Moonstone Comics, and he is currently accepting commissions during the holiday season. To see samples of his art and more, check out AtomicTiki.blogspot.com. Once again, that's AtomicTiki.blogspot.com. Welcome back to the PKD Black Box. I'm your host, Sean Pryor, a.k.a. Stan Leroy. Seeing that this episode will air on Christmas Eve, it's only fitting that on today's show we're going to talk about what the dudes want for Christmas. I was recently a guest on the Legion of Dudes podcast Christmas episode as we talked about some gift ideas for you, that special someone, or that uber special geek in your life. I want to thank the Legion of Dudes for letting me post this episode on our site, and you can check out other episodes of the Legion of Dudes at www.hhwlod.com. I really hope you enjoy this episode. I had a good time being on the show, and it was a blast, so I really hope you dig it. On next week's PKD Black Box, my good friend and guest host Donnie Salvo returns as we have a discussion about monthly comics versus trades and what we prefer. Merry Christmas and happy holidays, y'all. Peace. Buddy the Elf, what's your favorite color? Banded together from remote galaxies are the most sinister villains of all time. The Legion of Dudes. Dude. His dudeness, duder, El Duderino. Dude. Dedicated to a single objective, the conquest of the universe. You sit on a throne of lies. It's the Legion of Dudes podcast. And now, here's the dudes. Merry Christmas and happy holidays, everyone. Welcome to the Legion of Dudes 2009 Christmas Holiday Spectacular. My name is Ken Morgan, and I'm joined today by a plethora of dudes. I'm going to go around the horn, introduce ourselves, Johnny M., Adam Umack, and Russell Latham tonight. Plus, we are proud to welcome special guest star, the Chief Operating Officer of PKD Media, Mr. Sean Stan Leroy Pryor. <laughs> hey. 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 <laughs> He's back for the second annual Christmas extravaganza. Yes, according according to Johnny, um, this is now officially a tradition, and I will not miss out on this like my grandmother's Christmas dinner. So um, <laughs> I, I plan for a good time. <laughs> well, um, we're very happy to have you back, and I just want you to know that I only said the tradition thing because I know we're not going to last another year. So, <laughs> so you'll be two for that's two. The same thing you said last year. <laughs> you'll be two for two on Christmas episodes. Hey, hey, batting a thousand. Hey, that's that's a good way to go out. 
Awesome. All hey, right. Sean, since we talked to you at uh, Pittsburgh at the convention on the extended ed- edition, um, what have you got going on and how are you getting ready for Super Show coming up in March? Um, well, as far as things are going on right now, the way things are looking, uh, financially, financially, we're kind of low, but we're going to do our best to peak back up next year. Uh, the plan for 2010 is to get people familiar with us um, that don't really know about us. So we've, you know, the website at pkdmedia.com has been pushing very well lately. We've been showing comics online six days a week. So we can get people familiar with what we already have. And for those that still aren't checking out the website, we're going to repackage some of our books a little differently next year just to get people more familiar with them. We will have some new stories next year. There will be some new Mercury and the Merge stories. Uh, some new agents of cult stories, Black's, da- Black's Danger in Space stories. We also, myself and uh, Miguel Ho- artist Miguel Jorge, were collaborating on trying to do a children's slash comic book. Um, it's, just a, it's a more of a children's book than a comic book, but it, it's, it's a little bit of both. It's a little bit of both. So we're trying to do something a little different. And I'm also working on a superhero anthology book. It's a one-shot, it's a one-shot book, about 40 or 50 pages. That's in, um, that's in the um, art stage right now. And myself and Mr. Umac, along with artist David Kraft, we are working, working together on a project. And we're doing, we're doing some other things, too. At the Super Show, it will be myself along with um, Jim Miller, um, let's see, Will, uh, Bill Blankenship, Julian Lytle, Chad Ciccone, Andrew Charpar, and my good friend Donnie Salvo will have a booth on the side of our booth selling quarter and 50 cent comics. Um, it is going to be huge, and I don't know how I'm able to keep all this together without losing my mind. So <laughs> hopefully uh, March uh, and Super Show will be a very, very big deal for us. Sounds great. So Thanks. what did, you and, what did uh, you and John have going on uh, with Jim the other day on your new podcast, the PKD Black Box? Um, we had a kung fu explosion uh, where myself and, and Jim and, and Johnny M, we talked about some of our favorite kung fu movies of all time, and uh, we discussed classics such as the 36th Chamber of, Sha- uh, of Shaolin, which Johnny said first before I could say it, because that was the first one on my list. Um, let's see. <laughs> the Five Deadly Venoms, Aaron nice. the Dragon, um, such uh, cult corny classics as uh, Black Belt Jones, um, Seven Golden Vampires, all types of stuff, and I give mad props to Jim to, to good old Jim Dietz because that man can like bring forth nostalgia like nobody else. I thought I had that skill. No, Jim's got it on lockdown. So we had a lot of fun doing that. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. And um, I was actually thinking about it today because I almost kung fu these people online at Sears. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I, w- I was doing those uh, way of the intercepting fist punches in line at Toys R Us all to myself the other day. Oh, just drive- those folks drive me nuts standing in line trying to get stuff. But no, we we do plan on doing another Kung Fu episode again in the near future, so be on the lookout for it. Yeah, definitely. And speaking of Jim, he should be joining us shortly. We're going to keep an eye out for him, but he's definitely looking forward to the Christmas show, so hopefully he'll be around soon. Uh, so do we have any business to get to this evening? Don't forget to check out Half Hour Wasted on Mondays with Brad, Frank, and Bill. Also check out our extended edition podcast for Half Hour Wasted and Legion of Dudes which is also available on iTunes or legionofdudes.com. You can check us out every week for stuff like the pull list that Ken and John and Russ cover, uh, different views, convention coverage. Also, give us an email at comments at legionofdudes.com. Check us out on Twitter at LODtweet. 
or check out our Facebook group, or also catch us on Stitcher. Don't forget, leave us a voicemail and tell us what you got for Christmas at area code 516-468-7912. And also check us out at thecomicforums.com, where you can post about the episode and all kinds of other good stuff and see what's going on with all of us. All right, so we're going to kick off the main portion of our show here. This is the Christmas episode, our holiday episode, and like we did last year, we have a, a few categories we like to go through, things um, we maybe we want or we want to recommend to you folks, even things we can't afford but we would love, love to have. Um, so I'm going to kick off the um, today with our want list, things that we want to have in, in our homes, in our collections, what have you, so... The first thing on my list uh, of what I want on my Christmas list is, is I'm, I call myself the poor man's Leo Laporte. I try to get my nice little studio set around my home recording area, but my, 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 the most important thing is the audio, and I want a good studio shock mount microphone. That's what I want. I've been shopping online. I found some for a reasonable price, but that's what I want, a good microphone for my recording studio here. Can you explain shock mount to it, the audio layman? It is, it's, 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 a, it's a rig that the microphone is mounted to that basically isolates the microphone from physically from the surroundings. Like it won't pick up any vibrations from the desk or uh, you know noises from a computer in some cases, things like that. Uh, it looks like a cool spider web and looks, looks, looks cooler than it really is, but it's uh, just to help isolate the sound. So the only thing it's picking up is the sound in the air or in the best case, my voice which hopefully people want to hear. So, for instance, Ken, if you were to fall asleep during a recording and, <laughs> and slam your head down on the keyboard, that would not be picked up by a shock mount microphone. Well, it probably would, because um, it will make a sound. Um, but if I were to move the microphone boom like this, it would minimize that kind of noise. Gotcha. Ah. By the way, Ken did fall asleep during the recording of Captain America Reborn number five for the extended edition. We're working on, we're working on pulling out the snoring uh, to, to add later on. Nice. Russ, why don't you tell us what your, uh, what's, what's on your number one in your want list? Number one on my want list is the Band of Brothers Blu-ray. Uh, this was something I picked up. Um, in DVD when it first came out, and it was a it was a, an expensive DVD set. It was like eighty bucks on DVD, but it had that nice collector's tin. All the discs were contained within, and I believe that the the Blu-ray has the same sort of packaging, except in a more compact Blu-ray pack. But um, I, I I think I've said it on the show before. I think Band of Brothers is is the single greatest thing ever put on television. Um, it, it was just truly remarkable. I'm a, I'm a big World War II buff to begin with, so this is kind of like right in my wheelhouse. Um, and I'm really excited with, um, I was watching HBO the other day, and Tom Hanks was on there, and they were doing a special uh, preview of the new one um, that they're the coming Pacific? out with. Yeah, the Pacific. is the same creators, um, the same team, and it's, you know, basically, you know, Band of Brothers in the Pacific. So if they keep the same production values and the same, you know, general style with it, um, I, have, I have high hopes for it, and I can't wait until it comes out. I'll be, I'll be glued to my television. Um, or my DVR when it comes out. So looking forward to that. So that that's one that's been on there for a long time, and I'm hoping to, to be able to pull the trigger on this uh, soon after I get everybody else taken care of for Christmas. Now, that was just on a gold box at Amazon for, like, half price, but, of course, they do it before Christmas when nobody can buy anything except for other people. Exactly. I, You know, it's funny. My wife and I were joking the other day, but I'm all serious about it. I told her we need to do Christmas shopping starting in March and get everybody taken care of by July. 
So that way, when all this cool deal stuff starts coming out in November and December for stuff that we want to buy for ourselves, we don't have to worry about a Christmas budget because it's already done, and we can, you know, part of the cool, you know, stuff. Nice. <laughs> all right. Before we move on uh, to Sean, I want to introduce to you Mr. Jim Dietz, uh, proprietor of the Gypsy Cafe in Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Pennsylvania. He's just uh, can't come into the virtual studio, and uh, Jim, say hi. Hi, uh, I was I was caught up in the uh, Steelers victory traffic. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Jim is now officially so. known as Apache Chef. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone that hasn't heard that yet. Anung Chuck. <laughs> Very nice. All righty then. So I guess let's move on here, Sean. Uh, let's bring you on. What what is uh, on your want list? Okay, uh, what is on my want list? Um, being a cartoon fanatic uh, and DVD collector, um, the complete collector set of G.I. Joe, A Real American Hero, the original 1980s classic, available for the first time as a complete series. Now, 95 episodes, 17 DVDs. It's in a limited edition Foot Locker. It comes with a, a, flash, a USB flash drive. It looks like a G.I. Joe dog tag. The bonus features have uh, the PSAs, uh, they also have a couple new featurettes, including a uh, exclusive cast uh, voice cast reunion, a some printable scripts, the archived Hasbro toy commercials, and one of the original uh, 1963 toy toy fair presentations. It's about 145 bucks. You can get it directly off of a Shout Factory, and I think it's now on Amazon. It's um a very re- it's a it's a great set because it's the complete Marvel Sumbo. Uh, G.I. Joe series, it's not the, um, because what happened later is, is that the rights uh, went to uh, Deke after uh, Marvel, Marvel Sunbow finished their run on the animated series. So there's like, I think like another 40 episodes by, by Deke, but they're not a part of the set because somebody else owns the rights to them. But for the, the core episodes, the great stuff, even the corny stuff, this is what you, this is what you need. And this is on my one list. Sean, have you seen the um, Resolute, the Warren Ellis new G.I. Joe? Uh, animated movie? Um, my wife can't hear this. I bought that as a Christmas gift to myself, and nice. I'm, hiding it. I'm hiding it until Christmas. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I, I found I found it. I, it's, it's crazy. I found it like at a Sam's Club for like seven bucks, and I don't. I'm like, is this supposed to be here? And it's supposed to be here for seven dollars? I grabbed it real quick, and I ran to the I ran to the counter. <laughs> so uh, yeah, you can enjoy wait. it. I think it's it's nothing like the old stuff. It's kind of like an adult swing on it, but. Uh, it was really cool. I liked it a lot. Fantastic. I heard Warren Ellis wrote that. You said, no, you said that, right? You said Warren yep. Ellis wrote that? Oh, cool. Absolutely. Very cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Cool. While we're on it, uh, there, John, why don't you give us yours? Well, I have a real boring one for my want list, but the first thing I want to say is that I want people on Long Island to get a clue. You don't buy your tires after the 16 inches of snow. Oh, thank, thank you. <laughs> you you cannot people have real car problems when there's a blizzard you can't get tires that day I need a battery I can't wait for you to pick out tires because you decided that it might be that's it bravo auto theme I would like a car stereo with USB or auxiliary input for my iPod. Oh, that'd be so here, here. 
Yeah, for real, because it's not 2003 anymore. <laughs> I cannot burn discs to play, you know, to play podcasts in my car. <laughs> and the the transmitters do not work. You know, it's yeah. it's a podcast. You make a left. It's a country song. It's not it's not, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not ideal. So a uh, real simple gift for me. Number one on my list is a car stereo with the auxiliary input for my iPod. You know, I tell you, I had one of those or I have one of those, but the um, the, head, the auxiliary port has broken on me twice because when I took the faceplate apart, the the port is a separate piece that is only connected to the rest of it by the three wires, and one or two of those wires have broken on me at least twice now, and I've resoldered it in the place a couple times. Now it's at the point where I can't even fix it without really completely pulling all the wires out. So I'm either repair it again or buy a new one myself. So, uh, yeah, I know what you mean. So it broke and you tried to fix it or you did the whole transition yourself? No, no, no. I, I, the, the, the radio had one and it also had a removal faceplate, which I took that out, took that apart, and found it was just a couple wires. So it was pretty easy to solder it back on and it worked again. But again, it's not physically attached. So every time you put, the, put the, uh, uh, your cable in, in it, it you know, moves a little bit inside yeah, until eventually the, wire, the wire breaks. Uh, I'm at the point now where I don't have enough wire to kind of make the good connection, so I either have to rip the wire out and rerun it, uh, or just go again. You said, and they're cheap enough now. I mean, you can get one. If all I, I don't care about the, the CD player or anything else, I can get a cheap one for you know sixty bucks and be happy. But then I got to rip the dash out and install it, so which is easier for me, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'm going. If I get it, I'm going with the install. My buddy just got a guy at work just got a new car recently, and it has a USB port. Uh, it has one in the, the head unit, but it also has one inside the center console that's wired in as well. Nice. Yeah, those are real nice. Yep. And the USB will charge it then as well, right? Well, he just puts the flash drive in. Oh. He just puts everything out. He just copies everything onto a flash drive and sticks that in there. Mm-hmm. All right. You um, have, at, you have, you have uh, like 300 Blu-rays, but I have an auxiliary input in my radio. <laughs> <laughs> there yeah, you go. I'm, I'm envious. It's, it's, uh, yep. it's a pain in the neck. All right. Adam Umack, what do you got for us? Well, I actually had the same thing as Russ uh, at the top of my list, so I'm going to go to an ulterior gift. You know, you always have to come up with a, you know, a second plan just in case. And um, instead of HBO on Blu-ray, um, I'm kind of looking at two different artists for Christmas this year. First of all, uh, Frank Quitely. Um, his art on All-Star Superman, you know, that we talked about on the show and stuff this year, really, really knocked me out. And uh, there's a couple Lex Luthor pages floating around still with his art dealer that I've kind of had my eyeball on. And the second artist is uh, Francis Manipal, who, of course, right now is on Adventure Comics, but he's going to make the switch in the new year to um, uh, the new Flash ongoing series. So what I'm hoping to do is maybe get some early previews and stuff of the first couple of Flash issues and hopefully uh, be able to reserve a page at some point between now and, and the next week or so uh, of some of the pages with Captain Cold sticking with the Christmas theme there and some of the rogues too. Because uh, I'd, I'd really like to uh, see either one of those two guys in my uh, villains collection. I think it would be great. How is Quietly on the scale of uh, unaffordable art? Like, is he way... I'd imagine he'd be way up there with the big shots, no? Uh, he is. Um, for, and I think we had mentioned this in the first All-Star Superman one, but he's about 100 bucks more than every kind of, like, just, you know, A or, or B tier book that's out right now. But the good thing is that uh, the website that he's on, graphiccollectibles.com, uh, has about a 20% off sale going on right now. 
And that coupled with the fact that, you know, Alex Luthor page, you know, doesn't have Superman, you know, uh, flying or catching Lois or anything like that, that really knocks the price down an awful lot. So, you know, I, I have but humble ambitions <laughs> on this stuff. And Manipul, you know, he's about, uh, about 100, 150 bucks, 200 bucks, depending on, you know, if Barry Allen's, you know, bam, <laughs> with all the other flashes on the page, you know, versus, uh, you know, just some of the bad guys. Cool. Cool deal. All right, Jim, let's round our first uh, trip through here. What do you got? Well, uh, I'm finally going to be able to see the version of the Watchmen movie that I wanted to see. Um, my top of my want list is the Ultimate Watchmen 5 DVD set. Uh, it includes the um, new director's cut with the uh, Black Freighter cut into the film. as a new commentary by uh, uh, Zack Snyder and Dave Gibbons. Uh, the Under the Hood uh, supplemental stuff. Also, the uh, complete motion comic, all in one nice box set, and uh, I'm I'm hoping my wife picked it up for me. Nice. I've been saying all along, ever since we uh, did Watchmen and talked about the movie and everything else, that I just really wanted to see a full length version. You know, not the theatrical cut, which was like I know everybody thought it was long already, but I mean, originally in my mind, I saw Watchmen as being like a twelve part miniseries, so a two hour movie. It kind of seemed all kind of jammed in. I think. You know, with this, it's going to like, uh, you know, have a little more room to breathe, maybe, and uh, the deleted scenes are cut into it. And uh, I really am interested to hear the commentary as well, especially from Gibbons. So hopefully I'll be able to take a day off and just sit and watch like the four and a half hour version. It's Watchmen 5, huh? I've only saw the first one. I didn't even know there were the two, three, and four. <laughs> um, has no, it's, anybody... a new, it's a new musical group like the Jackson 5. Oh, so okay. Five. <laughs> has anybody watched it with the Black Freighter cut in yet? No, I have not. I'm waiting on Christmas for that. Yeah, because I thought the Black Freighter sucked, but I'd like to see how it. You know, the, the well, the, the standalone DVD sucked. I mean, to charge regular price for that. Anyway, um, I agree with you on that one. I mean, I didn't think they should have gone like full price DVD on that. That should have been like you know a, bar, a bargain thing or something. Maybe they gave away at the theater or whatever. But I just want to see it all. Original disc. Yeah, and that too. You know, uh, but. I just want to be able to have it all, and uh, plus I've never gotten to see the motion comic all the way through. I've just seen, like, a uh, chapter here and there, so I'm just going to have, like, one day and watch the the full-length version and just uh, see it, you know, listen to the commentaries and everything else. I'm, just, I'm pretty excited. I'm just finding a day off to be able to do that's going to be the big problem. Uh, now, Jim, now how much is that normally going for right now? I believe you can get it at Best Buy for about 35 That's not bad. If I remember correctly. It's got a retail yeah, sticker of about 60 on it. But, I mean, you figure if you got the Black Friday discounts, Jim, you know, or if your wife picked up, you know, one of the weekend deals, you guys should be good to go. Twenty six yeah. ninety nine at Amazon. Cool. I was just going to say, I think, I, think, uh, I think she might have bought it online. I know she did a lot of online shopping this year. So. Adding it to the cart right now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so easy, that damn Amazon cart. Yeah, it's yeah. addictive. Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm, it's I'm so almost... big. You can put so many things in it. It's totally <laughs> I'm, al- I'm, al- I almost, I'm almost starting to think that Amazon is a drug. I'm serious. That's <laughs> yeah, true. true. Well, you know what's even worse is you can go to our website at legionofdudes.com and you can click on our Amazon link that's on the front page. If you do your shopping through our link, that actually helps out our show. Nice. So, well when- done, Adam. Plug. <laughs> uh, yeah, I get credit for that one. So at least give me one mess up this year. Um, so... <laughs> What happens is, yeah, you just go ahead and do that. Like, I'm going to buy, um, I think I buy an 11 by 17 scanner 
whenever I get paid next, so I can scan my artwork in and stuff. And if I do it right through the site, man, we get a couple bucks, which, which will be pretty cool for when we go to buy software and recording stuff. Yep. I don't think I'm going to be buying any um, Shock Mount Studio mics, but I still think that'll help the podcast. Absolutely. Certainly will. <laughs> Take another run through the, uh, the list. I'll uh, go through my next thing on my list is, and this isn't something I can get anytime soon because I don't think it's been announced yet, but I really want to see it. I want a new Dark Horse Star Wars comic to replace the soon-ending Knights of the Old Republic. I've really enjoyed that. Um, I would hate to see there be a hole in their uh, in their Star Wars lineup. Um, judging by the March solicits, there's nothing on the books yet. Um, but I really want to see a new book come out. Um, I guess that's something more for what do I want to see in the new year, but I want that for Christmas now. Can I ask you something yeah, I, along those lines yes. uh, real quickly to the Star Wars uh, experts? Do you know when the Bioware um, a multiplayer, massively multiplayer RPG, The Old Republic, is coming out? Because maybe they're going to relaunch a comic to go along with well, that. Well, they are that's, going to release the, the webcomic, uh, The Old Republic, that they've been putting out to promote the game is going to be collected in a, in a, in a, in a trade paperback format or hardcover. I'm not sure which. Uh, it was solicited last month, I think, or recently. So it's coming out in the next month or two. Um, that very well may be, though, that the next ongoing will be based in that era because they are trying to build up, using the game as a focus, um, a whole new section of the EU. Uh, so it's very, you'll, I mean, there's going to be novels based in this era. So I have no doubt that we'll see a comic, and that very well may be. They're going to finish KOTOR at 50, jump ahead about, I think it's like two or 300 years, whatever it is, to this era, and they, they may do that. The trailer for the game yeah. is incredible, and yes. everything I've seen just really leads me to believe it's really going to be the Star Wars game everybody's been waiting for. They've been leaking out new information, you know, every couple of days at this point on their feed about you know the different classes and uh, character, cl- you know, ranks and races you can do for the first time in a game. Coruscant will be featured. You can go to Coruscant and play there. Uh, there's going to be some cool, some really cool stuff, and I'm looking forward to it uh, definitely. Russ, go. Next on my list is a netbook. I, I don't really want a full-blown laptop. I just want something I can kind of piddle around while I'm on the couch. Um, the one thing I like about the netbooks is they have really long battery life. So keep an eye on that. I'm hearing reports now that they've been out for a while, like a, over a year in that, that uh, their failure rate is a little higher than a normal laptop would be, so it's something to keep an eye on. I, haven't, I don't have anything yeah. to back that up. This is more anecdotal, but still. Yeah, a buddy of mine and I were talking about that at work, and he used to work at Dell um, for many years. And one of the theories we kind of have is because the netbook is kind of a more portable version, and they're cheap, that some of the failure rate, you know, people are thinking maybe related to the fact that they're kind of almost treated like a throwaway, um, and people don't take as as much care, you know, in lugging them around and stuff like that. You know, they do with a bigger, you know, sturdier laptop or a more business line model. You know, this is something that parents are buying for their kids in college and things like that. So, um, yeah, the one I want, I've kind of priced one out that I can customize the exact way I want, and I'll probably get some extended protection on there. Um, And it's about, you know, 450 bucks. But, you know, I just mainly want something I can just kind of, like I said, piddle around, do my email, browse the web, um, do a little bit of this and that, and just have something that, that, you know, has a long battery life and, and doesn't take up a lot of space, something you can take on a plane um, or as you travel around and, and not worry about, you know, elbowing somebody next to you while you're trying to use it. So that's why it's I'm interesting that you mentioned this is uh, I've been shopping around for one for my wife, actually. And it's hard to find one that has like a more than a gig of RAM 
I mean, I know they run on like stripped down operating systems or whatever. Yeah, you're probably not going to find yeah. one with more than the gig at this point. I think most of them max RAM they'll take is two gigs, so it's real hard to find one that'll take over a gig. And for what you're really going to do with them, um, a gig is about all you're going to need because well, they'll right now they only run the uh, the Windows Seven slim version. I forget yeah. what they call that that, that version, but. Um, you know, a gig of RAM on that kind of thing is, is fine because it, it only runs that Atom processor, which is that it's yep. only 1.6 gigahertz, so you're not going to get, you know, a full Centrino or, or uh, AMD or any kind of um, Intel-type chip. But um, yeah, the other thing is, not to get too nerdy, but um, somewhat early next year, the new the new Atom chips will be coming out, the new dual-core Atom chips, and they're also looking to, to put in the ION, which is that... Uh, that graphics processor in there too to give it a little more beef right. on the on the graphics side. So um, so I'm kind of holding my hold them off a little bit to, so I can get a little bit beefier of the box. But uh, that's 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 me. Cool. Now, does that have a solid state hard drive or uh, or is that just like a standard? Uh... You can get them that way. They are they're quite a bit more expensive. Although they they're getting cheaper all the time because this you know the sizes on solid state are getting a lot bigger. And, you know, and again, the technology is getting cheaper. But the ones I'm pricing out are, um, you know, physical, you know, regular SATA, you know, spindle hard drives, um, uh, right around you know, 150, 200 gigs. Um, something, but, that you might, something that you might want to take a look at. Um, I know Asus, they make a lot of, um, a lot of micro laptops. And I think yeah, they're called the like, the a- yeah, and um, they have solid state drives. The university I work for, one of our departments ordered a ton of them. And they threw Windows XP with Service Pack three on it, and because yeah. because originally they had Linux on them, those things run like dreams. I mean, yeah. run like pure dreams. So it's just right. just just throwing it out there for you. Not not, not trying no, to yeah. ruin your parade or anything. <laughs> Sean, no, 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 no. I've, I've I've definitely looked at the seashell as well. So cool. cool, Sean. Why don't you continue and tell us what's what's next on your list? Alrighty. Um, before I do, um, Harold Janet, artist from Geek Syndicate, the comic dot com. Uh, punched in via Skype and told me that he wanted you. He wanted to tell the dudes that he said hi and that all he wants for Christmas is Adam Umack. Now, uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, let's see. I here. just wanted to hey, I wanted to throw some business Harold's way, so uh, I did a commission uh, for him. So we're going to have uh, Legion of Dudes T-shirts uh, in uh, hopefully January, February. <laughs> <from the website. laughs> That's fantastic. So, Oh, let's dust off old Harold. He hasn't been around lately, so it's good to see you. But uh, stay where you're at, Harold. <laughs> my, my doors are locked. Oh my! Now, what Harold I- Jennett. <laughs> nice. Yeah, him. nice. Him. Very That's nice. the guy. Um, on my want list, um, I'm going to uh, break it down um, to the kung to the kung fu area. Now, um, this is a, um, a four disc collection by the Shaw Brothers, um, one of my favorite uh, martial arts uh, film movie houses. It's called Four Swords. Shaw Brothers' four-disc collection featuring Vengeance is a Golden Blade, The Water Margin, The Wandering Swordsman, and Have Sword Will Travel. And these are some of my fame, like, you know, favorite, quote-unquote, flying guillotine movies or what, what have you, uh, just full of action, sword fighting, and just, you know, very cool martial arts techniques. Right now, it is dirt cheap. It's only nine ninety nine for four of these movies. So, and I've seen two of these before, so I don't know about the other two. But I, you, you can't go wrong with Shaw Brothers martial arts films. So that is on my want list. And hopefully, if, if nobody gets it for me for Christmas, there will be an Amazon gift card waiting for me somewhere, and it will be bought. <laughs> Jim, do you know any of those films? I've, I've never seen any of those, but now I'm writing them down. But 
No, but I'm definitely going to check that out on Amazon after the show is over because nine ninety nine for all four of those. Is insane. Yeah, they have a, they have a couple. There's a couple of um, of Shaw Brothers uh, box sets, but this one's the cheapest. And I mean, I stumbled on this one by accident a few weeks ago. But yeah, just type in Four Swords um, and type in the, like the actual the wording for, and uh, it should pop up somewhere. But it's definitely it's definitely on my uh, want list. Very cool, Johnny M. Well. With a perfect segue from Mr. Sean Pryor, my next uh, item on my want list items actually are some Bruce Lee Blu-rays. If you do a little digging, as I enjoy doing, um, places like PlayAsia.com and uh, Blue, B-L-U, Asia.com, you can find Japanese Blu-rays of Bruce Lee classics. Uh, they are region free, so you can play them in the United States, which is awesome. And so far, they have, let's see, they have Way of the Dragon, they have Fist of Fury, and they have The Big Boss, which are three classic Bruce Lee movies. And I've always wanted to get a look at them in high def, uh, just because they're pretty rare films. I mean, you can get all those on DVD, but besides Enter the Dragon, the old kung fu Bruce Lee stuff has pretty just pretty much just been like slapped out on DVD and box sets and things like that. It was never given a proper treatment. So I'm hoping that these are quality Blu-ray uh, transfers. They go for about 35 American right now. So maybe I'll shop at them one at a time with some gift certificates or maybe I'll get lucky on eBay or something like that. But definitely would like some Bruce Lee for the Blu-ray collection in the near future. Now, Blu-ray in general is region-free, right? Well, there's... No. No? No. no, There's coding. There there is coding. And for in one of those things that the consumer can just not explain, there are region-free Blu-rays, but there are also region-coded Blu-rays, and you can't play everything on your American player. Okay, I thought that was part of the spec. I was thinking of something else then. All right, cool. Uh, Adam, do you have anything else? Well, uh, just some cool HBO stuff that's on Blu-ray is Rome, Seasons 1 and 2. Um, also, beside, aside from Band of Brothers, you've also got John Adams with Paul Giamatti. Uh, likewise, the stuff on True Blood's coming out. Uh, I know Jim's buddies are big fans of that stuff. And um, also coming on Blu-ray is also Generation Kill. And that's from the guys that brought you The Wire on HBO. So those are all some really good stuff to check out. And John's got some info about when some good discounts are popping up on those HBO DVD sets later on. And you can get those through the Amazon.com link that's on HWLD.com, right? Yes. That's what I hear. <laughs> All right. Uh, Mr. Dietz. I'm going to uh, have as my next uh, choice an actual toy. Um, recently, Squaresoft came out with a game for the PSP called uh, Final Fantasy Dissidia. And it had characters from the from all the Final Fantasies uh, put into a uh, like a fighting game. The game I heard was kind of mediocre or whatever, but the the upshot was they went through and made some insanely uh, detailed toys in ways that uh, you know only the Japanese can make insanely detailed toys of all these different characters all from all out uh, throughout the history of uh, Final Fantasy, which has been you know around for like twenty one years now, and. Um, <clears throat> So a lot of the main characters from a lot of the more popular games. I know Russ is a big fan of the series as well, but uh, they uh, they made uh, you know really great looking uh, Cloud Strife and uh, 
uh, Tifa and Barrett from uh, Final Fantasy VII. They have uh, um, Yuna and Titus from uh, and uh, Lulu and Waka from uh, Final Fantasy X. Um, it's 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 really cool because they went through their entire uh, history of characters and drew out like some of the more popular ones for the game, and then they did the same thing with the action figures. And they're really beautiful. They're they're insanely detailed, and uh, I would I would love to have a set if I could afford all of them. I would get them. Again, what's the Final Fantasy status right now in terms of video games? Is there one like in the wings or thirteen is coming? Fox I think? in Japan. Yeah, okay. Yeah, thir- yeah, thirteen shipped in Japan, and it's so as soon as they do the you know translation and finish up the Xbox version, they're going to release it in the U.S. I think it's March, isn't it? March, Jim. Yeah, it's like March twenty. I want to say March twenty seventh, but it might be a little earlier than that. But it is in March. It just released in Japan last week, and uh, they even have like a limited edition PS three that was uh, you know packed with a game or whatever. Um, but yeah, I've been playing them ever since you know the original Final Fantasy One on the NES, and I've played every one that I could get a hold of that it was translated into English. A couple of them haven't been, I think, but um, I've just been a big fan of the series for you know like what twenty years now. So to see them go through the whole history of all these different stories because each each game has a different story, different cast of characters, and and why not to go through all the you know all the, the history of all these different stories and call out some of the most memorable characters and do them in these really uh, great looking action figures um, really appeals to me. All right, very cool. I think we're going to do one more round through our want list, and uh, my last thing on my list this time is something I kind of already got. I want Iron Man 2. Now, the trailer I've seen already, after everybody here on this call has seen this trailer, and it pretty much has been universally loved. I really loved it so much that that night, i like, you know what? I want to see it again. And my wife was uh, downstairs with me. We had the blue ring on. She was wrapping some gifts. I was watching the movie. And this was the first time she had seen it. And she had it to me later on that she actually did like it. I showed her the trailer. She's like, yeah, I'll go see this with you. So I'm like, there we go. Non-comic nice. fans can enjoy Iron Man and Iron Man 2. And as the trailer, as it said in the trailer, uh, it completes me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, my wife loved Iron Man. She, she's not a real big comic fan. But she, lo- she loved the movie. And she, my, my wife even said she's not a big fan of Robert Downey Jr. so much, but she really liked his care, him in this movie. He, he did a great job. And I said since the moment his was said, I'm like, that's perfect. Nobody better. And that was proven true. Last on my list is the Beatles rock band. So I'm a, I'm a big fan of the Beatles, and I've been wanting this one for a while. And I have a sneaking suspicion that uh, Mrs. Claus is going to make this one come true. Just just, a, just an intuition. Nice. Now, do you have rock band but not the Beatles, or you don't have rock band at all? Um, in, a, in a weird, conniving way, like, my wife is usually good. If I kind of hint that I want something, she'll, she'll go out and get it. And so she's been snooping around at Beatles Rock Band, and they have that collector's edition set that's like ridiculous, like 250 bucks, and it's you know got all this Beatles branded stuff. And so I was talking to my daughter, and I said, you know, if your if your mom is really looking to get me, you know, Rock Band, I said, there's a way we can get like a twofer. You can get Rock Band two with the wireless hookup and everything for the PS3. It's like 90 bucks, and then the, you can pick up the game for like 50. So it's like okay. Or you could buy the Beatles Rock Band, the non-special edition, and it's like 150 bucks. So I, I think I think Mrs. Claus is getting me the full Rock Band 2 special edition and the game separate, so I'll have a whole boatload of uh, Rock Band stuff to play on, on Christmas Day. 
Nice. nice. I, w- I will say this to you. If you are a fan of the Beatles, you will love it. My sister got it for uh, herself. Uh, she actually went out and bought a Wii just so she could play uh, Beatles version of Rock Band because she's a big Beatles fan. And I got to play like qu- uh, quite a few of the songs with her. And uh, it's great. The, the little, you know, I used to call them cartoons that go with each song uh, are really yeah. well done. The, the you know the music the way that you know the game is laid out uh, makes sense. Uh, it's just if, especially if you're a Beatles fan, it goes through their whole history, and uh, plus you can download you know whole albums off the internet. Um, yeah, they just released Rubber Soul and uh, uh, Sergeant Pepper's, so that's that's pretty cool. Like the whole album. Yeah, the last time I was at my sister's house, we played the second side of Abbey Road all the way through uh, from right. beginning to end. Uh, that was really sweet. But yeah, if you're a Beatles fan, you're really going to dig it. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, I, I bought my. Uh, I, I bought. I bought the misses. Uh, the Rock Band Two. Rock Band Two package with the wireless drums and wireless guitar because we did have Rock Band, but we. But um, we just like where we play Rock Band and it's not a lot of room and all the wires we trip over them and stuff. So um, Target had a sale on Rock Band Two. They were blowing them out for like eighty eight bucks. The Ooh, complete wow. set. The game, the yeah. wireless drum, and the guitar. So. Um, I took the I took the drums I took our reg- regular rock band set and like traded it in um, to for like some in store credit I ran to Target to get Rock Band two and then went back to the place that I got in store credit and bought the Mrs. Uh, band Hero um, band uh, Band Hero as well so she is just going to be full of the musical spirit I guess so keep going Sean right. what, what's uh, what's on your want list uh, Let's see here what I want is this is a Target exclusive. Um, arriving just in time for the holidays. Uh, it's G- it's GI Joe oriented. Once again, I got to take it back to GI Joe. This is the toy the toy section. Uh, the past and present Rock Slide ATAV Evolution set. Um, it's exclusive to Target. You get the original Snow Job with the Polar Battle Bear vehicle, uh, and then the movie version of Snow Job with the modern version of the Polar Battle Bear vehicle called the Rock Slide ATAV. I saw this at Target last week for like 25 bucks, and I almost bought it until I remembered I was broke. So I put it back down, <laughs> and I said, you know, if, it, if it's there after Christmas, I'll come back and get it. But it looks fantastic. And my wife's like, you won't take it out of the box? I said, no, I'll take that out of the box and play with it. If there's snow outside, I will be outside in a snowsuit just rolling around in the, in the snow with it. So, so yes. <laughs> Very cool. Did you guys see the uh, Star Wars exclusive that Target has this time out? Oh, Which one is it? Uh, uh, it's a Rancor. It's a new version of Jabba's. Yeah, Rancor. wow. I've seen that. Yeah, I was looking yeah, through it's, it's huge Toys R Us. Bigger than the one uh, yeah. that Power of the Force put out a few years ago. Toys R Us has I I, I forget which one is their their exclusive right now, but I saw Walmart has um, the uh, the ATST and uh, a Dewback. And now you're saying Target has a Rancor. So there's like the exclusives at the three big stores now, um, Toys R Us and Walmart uh, and and Target. I'd go broke if I even tried to get them all. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're they're a little pricey. But they're plentiful. I mean, it's not like there's exclusives that you can't find. Yeah, you can walk right in and get them, which is nice. Yeah. That dupe is gigantic, too. That's like a foot and a half long. Mm -hmm. That thing is giant. Yep. Okay, I think I'm up. Yep, John, go ahead. Uh, I've been waiting on a lot of lines recently, and I want an iPhone or a Droid or some other kind of 3G phone um, so I can have a big screen and play video games and watch things while I wait on lines. And I'm seeing like 4G now. Ken, you're the guy, the go-to guy, and yep. Russ, too. 
Is this happening? Like, is it stupid to get a 3G phone now? No, I don't mm. think so. I mean, where you are, you'll probably get 4G before other people would. No, I think you're fine. Yeah, for whatever reason, 4G is rolling out in rural Texas like gangbusters. Um, not my rural area of Texas, mind you, but like Austin, San Antonio, San Angelo, Dallas, parts of Houston, they're all like they're they're like WiMAX havens. Um, but it's I think it's still going to be quite some time. Well, yeah, I think Sprint's the one that's launched their WiMAX stuff. I think Verizon's yeah. geared up to launch their 4G as early as uh, next year sometime because most of their 3G towers are, are ready for the 4G. It's, it's, it's almost as much of a matter as flipping the switch as anything else. So it should go pretty quick for theirs, but I don't think we're going to see anything widespread over the next 12 months. So if you were to get a new phone today... Um, by the time you're ready for another new phone in two years, in terms of contracting, um, that's when you'll start to see better saturation where it'll make a difference. I don't think it'll make a difference right now if you, uh, you know, waited or just went ahead and get, and get your phone. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm locked in for a little while with the BlackBerry, but uh, I was envious of the giant iPhone screen. Um, and I don't want to do the touch. I mean, it's kind of, I don't know. To, to spend all that money for the iTouch, it's like you might as well go for the phone. Right. That's my theory, but... Yeah. I just don't want, yeah. I just don't want AT and T service. I just not a fan of GSM in general, but uh, you know, mainly the damn buzz that shows up in any electronic speakers I may have with with GSM. So that's the only thing that would keep me away from an iPhone. Um, if if Apple ever uh, did go with Verizon, like they've been threatening to every time their contract comes up, uh, I would probably look more closely at it. Right. That's uh, it for me. Yep, Adam Umac. Well, the last thing I really want for Christmas is to people to pay some attention to a really, really cool organization that um, you know I've known about for some time. Uh, this organization is called Operation Smile, and if you kick up your internets right now, you can go to OperationSmile.com. Operation Smile is a pretty cool non-for-profit. Uh, it's a secular uh, non-for-profit that offers medical services for kids in lesser developed countries. And what it is is Operation Smile uh, pays for – uh, doctors, doctors' trips, doctors' consultations, and all that kind of stuff for kids who have uh, cleft lips and cleft palates. And it, uh, for the money that's donated to this organization goes directly to surgeries for these kids. Um, and a lot of it's in uh, Asia, Eurasia, uh, in South Africa, and also South America. So it's a really cool um, uh, place to contribute. And uh, based out of Virginia, it's not too terribly far from here, too. And it's just a really, really cool organization. It's got a lot of scope and, you know, working with kids every day. I mean, that's, you know, the reason I go is, you know, that I can, I can have a good time. But it's also important, you know, to remember to give back during the holidays. So if you get a chance, go ahead and queue up Operation Smile. And, you know, I'm sure they will take any uh, donation that you guys are, are able to give. Because it's just a, a great, uh, just a great company that does lots of, lots of cool work. Very good. Uh, Jim, what do you got for us? Well, uh, after that, I'm going to seem like a real selfish heel. But uh, <laughs> choice. Well, that, that's okay, Jim, because I was going to make a joke because he had on his list just charity, and I was going to say charity. You know, charity's working down at the uh, Golden Tassel. Uh, you just go see her there. But but then he had to get all serious, and I'm like, all right, I'm not going to make the joke. So thank you for breaking the ice, and now I made it worse. So you can feel free to say whatever you wanted to. <laughs> But thank you, thank you, Adam. Not, not, I'm sorry. Let me. I don't want to take away from Adam at all. That's an excellent, excellent, excellent thing. You're a mean sorry. one, Mr. Dietz. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry, the good. true podcasting professional, Ken. Good job. <laughs> um, 
Uh, my uh, my next pick is uh, Assassin's Creed 2. Now, I'm, I'm st- yes. still working on Borderlands. I'm almost done. I'm almost finished with Borderlands. And I'm getting a little more work out of it. I'm getting a little more game out of it since I got the uh, Zombie Island download pack, which makes it even more insane and crazy and kind of looks like a Tim Burton movie. But the next game that I really would like to play is Assassin's Creed 2. Uh, I enjoyed the first one to a certain extent uh, to the point where it got... Uh, repetitious after the first few hours. Say a second level, but, uh, okay. Yeah, after the first oh, few oh, hours, oh. it's just the same thing over and over. But all the reviews I'm reading on it, uh, or for it, I should say, um, say that they've really fixed that. They've expanded the story and made it a lot more interesting. It looks gorgeous, and one of the main reasons I like playing video games is exploring virtual environments, and uh, it just seems like one I would really have a lot of fun in. Well, John, I know you've got this for the next category, too, so let's kind of like dish on both of these right now, because I picked this up, I guess, about a week or two ago. I've got 23, 24 hours into the game right now. It's amazing. And I remember, uh, you know, talking to you, John, that you said that, you know, anything that you didn't like on the first one that they've improved upon. Let me just add to that by leaps and bounds. This game is off the chain. It's amazing. And instead of taking place... um, in like the um, the Holy Land in Jerusalem, this takes place in Tuscany in Venice. Uh, I'm guessing it leads to Rome at the in the finale and stuff. I mean, it's going to be pretty uh, hard to beat this game. With even though Final Fantasy and God of War and stuff coming out, I would not be surprised, guys, if this does not make our top ten list. Uh, you know, at the end of next year for uh, next year's duties, because unfortunately, I think the release being so late this year kind of like excluded a lot of us for buying it because we're waiting for it for Christmas. You know, I just fortunately had stuff to trade in. But uh, Jim, that is well met, and I wish you luck getting this under the tree for Christmas because it's a great, 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 great game. Excellent. All right, so that's going to be uh, it for our Truth to the Want list. Let me throw it over to uh, John now. He's going to host us through our next section, our recommendations. Yes, thank you, Ken. My first recommendation is that people buy their snow tires in the fall. No, only <laughs> yeah, once. Don't, don't cue the music. That's it. Um, it, it. This is good timing because my recommendation is Assassin's Creed 2. So I would uh, agree with all the statements that were just made. It's amazing to me how much is in this game. Oh, yeah. Every, every task you complete... They're like teaching you a new skill or opening a new weapon set or opening something up on your map that you didn't know how to find before. It's a Grand Theft Auto plus Arkham Asylum Batman. Like, yeah, it's it, like re- Renaissance ridiculousness. It's, it's ridiculous. You get uh, Leonardo da Vinci to help you out. So you use all of his inventions and contraptions to help you assassinate all these that's clever i like that it's cool it's really no it's beyond that it's unbelievable it's great go ahead john you know one of the things we like about these games is that you don't have to follow the main story and i mean you can just run around and pickpocket people and hire hookers and you know you know you use them to keep the guards at bay while you do your other stuff you know they're all checking out the hookers and stuff (laughs) (laughs) it's very cool and there's so much to do and like jim you'll love just running around on the rooftops and checking out the scenery i mean it's it's amazing the the, really why i said he's running on rooftops yeah the the reason that i recommended this is this is like a demo for your for your brand new tv 
You know, like if you get a 1080p TV and you have your PlayStation or Xbox mm-hmm. hooked up to it, like rent Assassin's Creed to show people like what it can do and what your game console can do because it looks unbelievable. One of the things, too, that they really improved upon to wrap it up here is they really expanded the story, but they really clipped the dialogue. Because, like, when you assassinated somebody in the first game, you know how, like, you'd have a conversation with them, like, in the spirit realm or whatever for, like, five minutes? Like, that's done. Like, literally everything that was bad is gone in 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 a BC game to begin with. So I'm not surprised that everybody's like, thank God, <laughs> you know, and like IGN and everybody, uh, Game Informer, they're all giving it pretty high scores now. So that's, it's really well-deserved too. For sure. Adam, why don't you continue with your first recommendation? Cool beans. So since I got my Blu-ray player, I'm starting to buy all these crazy noir and all these crazy uh, crime movies like, uh, geez, Goodfellas. Uh, Sopranos is coming out on Blu-ray. Uh, also Heat and all this other stuff. And one of the cool things to kind of, uh, jump in with the noir and jump in with the crime stuff that I love so much is not only the criminal omnibus that Dan recommended uh, to me, but also uh, the new Vertigo crime series of books that Vertigo is putting out. Now, the first one is from an old favorite, Brian Azzarello, uh, and a new guy named Victor Santos. This one's called Filthy Rich. And these Reader's Digest sized, uh, as far as you know, le- uh, height and width and uh, go books, are pretty cool. And these come in at about, I'm going to say, 200 pages each, and they're a self-contained crime story. So if I have any fans of, like, Law & Order, Homicide, procedural stuff, there's that. But then there's also the whole criminal underbelly um, stories that go with it, too. So the first one's called Filthy Rich, and it follows this uh, former football star turned car dealer, uh, basically who's assigned to be the bodyguard of this socialite's daughter which is a lot more interesting than I explained it. And then the second one is actually my first John Constantine book I've ever read, which is called Dark Entries by Ian Rankin. This is a really, really weird twist on reality shows, plus um, the old like tradition of American haunted house stories. So these two crime books are very, very cool. They're stickered at, let me look here, $19.99 for, the, for, for U.S., but uh, again, you can probably find these at a great discount on Heroes Corner or DCBS or wherever or in-stock trades, or, you know, or Amazon. Uh, but, you know, these are really cool, and they've got a bunch coming out in the new year. I know a few are coming out are like Area 10, and they're getting basically crime writers to write crime stories. So if you're a fan of Criminal or anything like that, uh, this you should be right at home with these. And they're really, really cool to have on your shelf because they're really, really tiny too. <laughs> Very good. Uh, Mr. Dietz. My next, uh, my recommendation is a book called uh, The Marvel Chronicle. Uh, I got a review copy of this from DK Publishing earlier in the year, and I'm a sucker for uh, geek reference material. Uh, you know, the official handbook of the Marvel Universe, who's who, um, the Vertigo Encyclopedia, things of that nature. I, I love them. I love reading them from cover to cover. Uh, basically, this book uh, chronicles the history of Marvel from its inception with Marvel Comics number one in 1939, all the way up to Secret Invasion. And it has not only a checklist of every comic that comes out each month uh, on a month-by-month basis, but all the big highlights that happen in the, uh, different comics, who was writing what, um, and you know the, the, the different you know, notable things that have gone on in Marvel's history since the beginning. And um, I just constantly flip through it. Um, 
you know, just, you know, you know, the random years, just, oh, wow, I remember this, or, you know, it's cool for anybody, any kind of Marvel fan, because you can find your own personal, you know, quote-unquote golden age, and, um, you know, just, you know, leaf through that. Plus, you can catch up on all the things that you might have missed in the Marvel Universe, you know, over time. So, uh, that's my first recommendation. It's a nice big coffee table book. Uh, it comes in its like own little, um, almost like a frame the book sits inside of a frame kind of and it's really big and, and spiral bounce you can hold it open on a big coffee table or whatever and i think it, the uh, list price is uh, 29.99 i'm sure you can find it cheaper than that on uh, book remainders or whatnot very good hey jim are you going to be in for the new dc who's who series this year yeah i think so i think so that it would be I, just great to get your hands on, you know. I, mean, I I I eat that stuff up. I I love the who's who and all the old updates too. Yeah, me too. It's it's good stuff for the podcast too because we often we uh, run across characters we aren't familiar with or are caught up on, and uh, you know it's good reference material. But yeah, I love that kind of stuff. Mister Morgan, um, I'm going to recommend the movie which was years in the making. It finally came out this year. Fanboys. I really enjoyed it. Uh, of course, it's a story of a group of friends going across country to break into uh, the Skywalker Ranch to steal a copy of Episode One preceding this release. Um, it is worth it for uh, for three things. One, in kind of reverse order, one is Seth Rogen's back tattoo. Uh, the other is the, a very accurate. This pers- is the new guy. This is the new guy. Nobody knows. George R. Bing. He's going to be there. He's going to be the future man. <laughs> um, now, now, uh, to be fair, anybody listening to this show has probably seen this already, but I still recommend it to, to anyone who has not. Uh, number number two uh, reason to see it is the accurate portrayal of Trekkies in it, and and the f- best reason to see it, of course, is Kristen Bell in the Leia bikini. So, fanboys all the way. I'm not going to spoil it, but the very last line of that movie. Oh gosh, still cracks me up just the does. very last line before the credits. It does absolutely. Yes. That and Danny McBride's uh, scene as the security guard in the in the uh, Skywalker Ranch is, and, is pretty funny. Say, and there are some great cameos in there as well. Um, of course, one of the security guards is um, damn, I'm blanking on his name, Darth Maul. Uh, <laughs> Ray Park. Ray Park. Thank Park. you, Ray Park. You know, he's one of the security guards. But but the nurse in the hospital is of course Carrie Fisher, who is a, does not want them to leave because the one guy's really sick. And she finally concedes and lets him go. And he just looks at her in and says, I love you. And she simply replies, I know. <laughs> he doesn't say, uh, oh, never mind. Yeah, I no. Fan. I want that guy's fan. Yeah, really? All the lights and everything. And that one scene is like, what, what's with all the rush? What about variety? Rush is variety. <laughs> <laughs> Russ, why don't you jump in? My recommendation is going to be the God of War collection for the PS3. God of War 1, I think, was the best game ever put out on the PlayStation 2. It maxed out, I think, all of every ounce of graphical capability that the PlayStation 2 had. It had awesome rendered cutscenes. Um, it had Linda, um, Linda Hunt's voice as the narrator, which is carried through through all the games and even the PSP version. So please, uh, I think God of War 2 was also an excellent game. Um, I, to me, I don't know if it was just the newness or whatever, but I thought God of War was a was a superior game to God of War Two. But there, but that's not a diss on God of War Two at all. So the fact that they've gone through and they've given it the high def treatment and cleaned it up and re-released them for the PlayStation Three, I think, is awesome. 
Um, Hello Squaresoft, I hope they uh, see that you can do something like that and it's financially viable and people will flock to it um, and maybe give us Final Fantasy VII one day for the yeah. PS3. Um, but, but yeah, I just can't, can't recommend it enough. It's, it's just a really fun game. It's not your typical button masher where the way it may seem. They, they do a lot to mix things up and there's some customizability you can do with your character, not too much. Um, not for the kiddies. Um, it's very adult in nature, but just a ton of fun. Yeah. The only thing that has derailed my playing of the God of War collection is Assassin's Creed 2. Uh, I got through God yeah. of War 1 on PS3, and it was awesome. And when I finish Assassin's Creed, I will revisit God of War 2, and hopefully that will bring us to the God of War 3 release in March, which... Um, Can't wait. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Okay, Mr. Pryor, our guest, you're up. Okay, um, let's see here. I um, have chosen a book for a recommend, and it's not just any any type of book. It's... A action figure book. More specifically, it's the DC Comics action figure archive. It's the definitive reference for the serious action figure enthusiast. Um, it was assembled and put together by a gentleman by the name of Scott Beatty and um, some of the quote-unquote DC Comics experts. It has over 600 photos and 1,400 character uh, character listings in this book. I have a copy of this book. I bought a used copy off of Amazon. Um, because I got it at a good price. This book is fantastic. Um, as I said before, 1,400 character descriptions. I wish I had 1,400 photos, but in order to uh, make the book decently sized, they couldn't put every single action figure photo in there, but uh, they do put key uh, photos in there because, as I, as I said before, there are 600 uh, full-color photos of various action figures from Ace the Bat-Hound to uh, Zoriel, a.k.a. Fake Hawkman, as I like to call him sometimes. Um, but... <laughs> <laughs> but this book is fantastic. The pictures are great. You'll reminisce on action figures that you used to have and your mom threw away or that your dog ate. Um, there are a lot of uh, superpowers action figures in there that I remembered having, including the uh, mm-hmm. the um, mail order Clark Kent and, uh, let's see, Red Tornado and the original superpowers Firestorm. They even had a picture of Spider-Jerusalem, <laughs> Spider-Jerusalem in there, right. which made me laugh. So. This is a fantastic book. It's very, very well put together. And Johnny, they even have Mullet Superman in the book too. Nice. That's way to bring it back. <laughs> yes. So no, it is a fantastic book. I really dig it. I think you will too. Amazon's selling it right now for about thirty bucks. You can normally get uh, new copies from uh, you know Amazon Marketplace sellers for about eighteen dollars. It's a good buy. If, if you like action figures and you like DC Comics, it's a good way to go. Hey, Sean, I, I found that at uh, Half Price Books here in Pittsburgh. And uh, yeah, I, even at, I mean, that's a beautiful book. I mean, the photos are really nice and clear. If you end up going out to a flea market or somewhere else and you find a Batman, you're not sure where it's from or you know what time period or whatever, it's easy enough to look up in there. It's a really nice book. I totally agree. Yes. Now, Sean, what's your favorite DC action figures line? Now, that could be DC director, old school Kenner Superpowers, or what? Um, I would have to go with uh, the Kenner Superpowers line, yeah, b- okay. basically because that's what I grew up with. You know, there weren't there weren't much there. You know, there wasn't that much to those action figures. They had you know basic movement, I and mean, they had those quote unquote special powers. If if you squeezed a Red Tornado's arms, his legs would start spinning. Or you know, or, or Green Arrow had the uh, had the arm action for shooting bows and arrows. Uh, Brainiac had that super angry kick, so there which were, he never did. Which no, he never, 
you know, every time I saw that, I'm like, is he going to kick puppies? Why does he have it? It made no sense to me at all. <laughs> but um, but that that's my favorite. That's my favorite line. I I can't lie. My favorite my favorite action figure though I have is a I think it's a Justice a Red Tornado. Uh, that that's one of my favorite action figures ever. That and the DC Direct Cyborg. So. Not to make you too jealous, Sean, but uh, I have the Hall of Justice. You still got that? Oh, superpowers! <laughs> oh, I found it. I found it at Trader Jack's about ten years ago. Uh, complete, uh, taken out of the box, but it was put back in, and it was all complete. I still have the box. I, and I had. I had Justice. that. I, I had yeah. that for Christmas. My mom bought that for me as a Christmas gift. I held on to that thing from the day I had it for like a total of ten years, and it just disappeared one day. Along with my superpowers, Red Tornado, Green Arrow, Superman, Martian Manhunter, Lexor 7, and the Superman ship that kind of looked like the Lexor 7, and the Justice right. Jogger. And I'm still upset about that. I've got the Dark Side <laughs> Destroyer, and I've got the Hall of Justice uh, place. Oh, who's got got prob- I've got about maybe, um, I don't know, a dozen, dozen and a half of the figures. Now, who's got the Supermobile with the hands that come out? See. You know what, they have one at the toy store near the Gypsy, but I'm not going to pay what he has and what he's asking for it. So, Besides, Superman does not need a car. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) The logic of the toy escapes me, therefore I will not buy it. Redline, come on. It's redline. Parachute jumpers do not need a helmet. Right, exactly. <laughs> Why does Spider-Man need a car? I don't get it. Okay. Um, I wanted to mention that the, the uh, at Target, I just saw them last night, New Justice League Unlimited figures of Black Vulcan, Apache Chief, and uh, Samurai. Bought them two uh, weeks ago. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I want to shout that out because I know they were in the Superpowers line as well. Yeah, those yes. are hard to find. We'll be talking about those later on in the episode, too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I have... Uh, a double recommendation here. First of all, you'll be hearing this on Christmas Eve, which is Thursday. You have until Sunday to get to Best Buy and get 50% off on every HBO set we talked about earlier. Uh, everything Adam and Russ were talking about, the, the Band of Brothers, The Wire, The Sopranos, uh, Generation Kill, all of those are 50% off at Best Buy. So take your gift certificates that you get on Christmas and Christmas Day, run them down to Best Buy save some money the one i really want to push is called eastbound and down yes i was i've been scoping this set out at 22.99 at 13.99 it's done tomorrow over this is danny mcbride who any mullet i may have had in the past pales in comparison to this man's mullet And uh, Will Ferrell, who's a favorite of a lot of us on the show. And it's about a washed-up Major League ball player who's the biggest jerk in the world and is basically his career fizzles, and he ends up a high school phys ed teacher. Uh, Substitute. Yeah. (laughs) This is hilarious. It's got a lot of familiar faces. It's got Daryl from The Office, who I always forget that actor's name. Um, Rick Flair... Ric Flair's persona is in it as Will Ferrell <laughs> plays a car dealership owner with long blonde hair who, yeah, who, who, who yells woo and wears sunglasses. So, so you could do the math. Um, I, the first season was not long. I'm going to say, I don't know, between six. 8 and 12. Oh, really? Six, Only 6? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, six, six one-hour shows. Sets regularly twenty two ninety nine. This week at Best Buy, thirteen ninety nine. Any Will Ferrell fans, you know, 
if you dig Wedding Crashers or, or Anchorman or any of that stuff, definitely pick up Eastbound and Down. Uh, you will get laughs out of it. It's not perfect. It's not winning any awards. But if you like that other stuff we mentioned, go for it. Yeah, if you like Danny McBride as the special effects guy in Tropic Thunder, you'll be all over Eastbound and Down. Yeah, it's awesome. Adam, go ahead. Well, uh, I would recommend a new comic for the new year. And the new one I'd recommend is also from Vertigo. And this is called The Unwritten by Mike Carey and Peter Gross. Um, basically, if you guys are fans of the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen episodes that we did, um, which you can also find on the website, what happens is there's a guy named Tommy Taylor. And basically, he is at a comic book convention signing autographs. His dad, who's disappeared, based a series of Harry Potter-esque novels on Tommy himself. So the lines between fantasy and truth and reality kind of get blurred and everything kind of like all of a sudden starts um, while he's giving uh, uh, a panel discussion at what appears to be the San Diego Comic-Con. So what this does is this kind of kicks off this kind of like, I I guess it's been described as like speculative uh, literature uh, channel surfing. And it brings in all these kind of different stories in literature because we're not really sure if Tommy is a story himself or if he's a real person at this point. Like Frankenstein, Hunchback of Notre Dame, all these uh, strange just kind of uh, written classics are brought in. And, you know, a dollar price tag on the first issue for Vertigo, that tells me there is no excuse to not try and pick this up. So, And also for 2010, I'm also going to have to recommend another awesome Vertigo title, which would be Sweet Tooth. So go ahead and check out... The Unwritten, and also Sweet Tooth, and you guys should be good for comics in 2010. Very good. Jim is next. My uh, next recommendation is actually uh, something I got for Christmas, but I was allowed to open a little bit early. Uh, It's the Justice League and Justice League Unlimited box set. All 91 episodes of Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. It's got creator commentaries, making of featurettes. There's a bonus 15th disc with an all-new retrospective on... uh, called Unlimited Potential, all about the Justice League Unlimited, and uh, I'm just glad to have all of these. I have, um, I think, a season here and a season there, but I don't have the complete run, and now that I have them, I think I want to watch them from beginning to end. Um, I really don't have to say anything, probably, to anybody listening to this podcast to uh, recommend you know, the, the, uh, the Dinnyverse or the Timverse, whatever you want to call it. Uh, version of Justice League. It's one of my favorite cartoons ever, and uh, I heartily recommend it. Uh, I can take that off my list. I had that on my list. I can, <laughs> I can scratch it off. <laughs> now, is there anything planned officially or not even in the JLU uh, necessarily, but you know, you had the, the Batman stuff was awesome. The Superman stuff was awesome. The JLU stuff was awesome. Is there anything coming up for the Timverse that we know no, of? That was that was pretty much done at this point. They've moved no. on to other projects. We are getting stuff from Bruce Tim, of course. He's, he's kind of executive producing all these direct-to-DVD movies, but I think we're done with those interpretations of those characters. Well, that's too bad. Now, the um, the Justice League that's going to be in the upcoming Crisis on Two Earths, is that based on the sh- No. The, uh, no. Oh, okay. It was a recycled story. Yes, that's true. It was a it was it was a story written by McDuffie, I think. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. That that um, had they continued on, it would have been included in there. But they took it, they cleaned it up, they got it you know built up, and that's going to be the basis of uh, Crisis on Two Earths, which is coming up in a few months. What they need to do is they need to get their acting gear and get Batman Beyond on on uh, you know a full disc Blu-ray set and the other 
uh, Warner Brothers animated stuff on Blu-ray. But the only new stuff coming out, like uh, Sean said earlier, was the Justice League Unlimited uh, toys that are really just Target exclusives anyway. Mm-hmm. Now, hey, Jim, um, does that box set also have the original pitch for uh, for the just for the actual Justice League series is like a like I guess like a two or three minute clip that they pieced a bunch of stuff together to uh, pitch to the executives. I have not gone through all the special things on here, but if it was included in one of the other versions of it, it's also included in this one. Oh, very uh, cool! I just like I said, I, I just found out I was got it for Christmas, and I just. Um, you know, I was lucky lucky enough my wife would let me have it uh, early because I'm not allowed to have some of the other things I got early. <laughs> but, um, well, I have to open something in front of the family, right? Right. So, yes, yes, yes. Uh, but I'm just, like I said, I'm just happy that it's one of my favorite cartoons of all time. It's the cartoon version of the Justice League I've been waiting for ever since. You know, the little uh, geek version of Jim saw Super Friends back in the day. Uh, you know, a little more reflective of the comic book characters and stuff. And I just, I, I'm definitely going to, I'm going to start with season one and work my way all the way through it. Very good. Ken? Um, I'm going to go kind of Star Wars again. Now this uh, comes out, this is out now as we air this episode. I had an opportunity to see it a little bit early. Family Guys direct to DVD, something, something, something Dark Side, which of course is their spoof, their take on The Empire Strikes Back. If you've seen Blue Harvest, which is from, at this point, two years ago, or maybe last year, it's, uh, which was their spoof on episode four, New Hope, uh, they did the same thing here, and they did a great, great job. It's a little bit blue, if you know what I mean, uh, compared to their, te- their aired stuff. Um, think, of, think of the South Park movie we were talking about earlier. Think of, think of the, st- the South Park movie, uh, the first time you saw that, and nothing was bleeped as you're used to. It, it, it's, it's just, but it's good. It, it's, um, it takes our favorite scenes and puts that little unique Family Guy twist on there. Again, some great cameos. Uh, in there are some great moments where you're like, oh my god, that's, that's awesome. I think one of my favorite moments of uh, the Blue Harvest was just during the, the, the TIE Fighter shootout as, as they escaped the Death Star. And it says, uh, and, and uh, Leslie Nielsen from Airplane pops in, I just want you to know, we're all counting on you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's some, there's some great uh, moments uh, similar to that, I guess, in, in this one. So, Star Wars fan, Family Guy fan, keep in mind, Star Wars, something, 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 Dark Side. Peter, Peter Griffin's uh, retort to um, Lois saying that she loved him is worth the price of admission. All <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's what I thought. I was just really impressed how uh, they're obviously fans of the material because they're in tune to all the fanboy problems yeah. and scenes that we love and dislike yeah. and and so they touch on all of them, which is, like, amazing. There's a scene at the end where, uh, where Brian breaks the fourth wall and talks directly to the audience, which is pretty funny. Um, but it's yeah. amazing because they're, they're – I mean, yes, they're both done by Fox. Um, you know, but clearly they've given their blessing to this because it uses the actual original theme music. They don't have to fake anything. Uh, it's, it's clearly done with the blessing of Fox and Lucas, LucasArts and, or excuse me, Lucasfilms. So uh, good for them. Okay, Russ, you're up. My next on my recommendation list is going to be a just Blu-ray player. I know I've been poking around the forums lately, and I know there's folks that are kind of vacillating back and forth. There's a lot of talk about direct digital, and if that's going to end up replacing Blu-ray, I would say I, I can't recommend Blu-ray enough. When you pop in a good Blu-ray transfer of a movie, and you see the the, the crispness and the vibrancy of the color, you you 
you wonder why you didn't do it sooner. Yep. Um, I am, you know, just like John, I, my collection is nowhere near his, but I'm, you know, kind of slowly building. I've, I've had the PlayStation 3 since July of 07. So, I've, you know, I've, like a lot of people, primarily, I guess, use it as a Blu-ray player, although now I think it's the games are starting to catch up. But, um, you know, Blu-ray players now are getting cheap enough where you can get some of them with built-in Netflix, um, and, and a lot of the profile 2.0 or 1.1 yep. players um, for right around a hundred bucks. Um, if you don't care about any of the extras or any of that, you know, online content or whatever, you can go down to Walmart and get you a $78, you know, profile 1.0, just a just a cheap, you know, standard player that that'll play the Blu-ray movies. But um, but just the, the the quality and the care they go into these transfers nowadays is just phenomenal. Where you look at movies like The Dark Knight and Iron Man and Terminator Salvation and Glorious Bastards, and they just look so darn good. And then occasionally you'll get that that extra treat where you'll take a movie that's been out for quite some time, like what they do with Wizard of Oz or what they did with Terminator 2, and they really scrubbed it, cleaned it up, and made it look just phenomenal. Um, it's it's really worth it. I can't I can't recommend the medium enough. Yeah, I just want to say in general, um, just to add to you, you know, I was in Best Buy or excuse me, Sam's Club. And I saw a Samsung player with Netflix for 130 bucks. The same same ones at Walmart for like 190, whatever. Um, I'm talking to people. I'm getting advice. I'm being asked for advice by uh, my wife or her her friends in that. I want to get, and they're getting them. They're loving them. Uh, they this one one family. They got one between the Blu-ray and the Netflix. They're already you know, having a ton of fun with it. They're so glad. That, as you said, why didn't we do it sooner? The the cost of ownership <clears throat> is dropping significantly, not just for the player, but for the media as well. It's not uncommon. Disney is wonderful to us with giving us these combo packs, which have the Blu-ray, the DVD, and a digital copy for the same price and sometimes less than the just the DVD alone is. Um, I think they all should do that. Just you know, just do that combo pack. Get rid of the DVD format. Period. You get it all anyway, what one bucks anyway, and you're you you already have the Blu-ray. So when you do jump up, um, it, it's just incredible the difference in the price position and the cost of entry and the cost of maintaining blu-ray has been in the last 12 months yeah i mean i haven't paid more than 20 dollars for a new release blu-ray in quite some time um it's it's very um common to find them for less than 20 bucks yeah and just uh, just a hint to all you folks out there look at best buy you know i know a lot of us get our movies and stuff at best buy or amazon amazon's always cheaper but some of us like that immediacy factor um if you go on best buy and you see that the price is cheaper online, don't pay more in the store. They will match the price on the website. Right. And so a lot of times, it's significantly cheaper. Um, I paid $5 less for Inglorious Bastards um, than the price marked on the, in the store because they had it cheaper on the website. Right. So just a, just a tip. I didn't know you could do that. That's, that's nice. Yeah, yeah, I even, just to cut out a step in that process... I do the order online and pick up in store, and then they just give you the website price anyway, so you don't have to talk to people. Which is <laughs> just uh, go and pick up. Yeah. It's waiting for you. You're, it's it's waiting. You don't need to go down and pick it out of the, off the shelf. It's there waiting for you. Right, and it's the price that was on the website, and people are online in the store paying five bucks more for it. Hey, Ken, um, when you talked about for a second, you talked about how Disney is doing the Blu-ray slash DVD slash digital copy. Yep. Um, do you think the reason why, like? All the studios haven't committed to that yet because even though there's a DVD inside of it, it's trying to convince the general public that it's still okay to buy it and that there's still a DVD in it and then that they don't have to have a Blu-ray player because you know how some people have that just definitive definitive fear of change. Maybe. So if you don't 
if you don't have that DVD box right there instead of the Blu-ray box, they won't buy it. Well, maybe. Here's my, my take on it, especially with Disney Do It, and Warner Brothers doesn't do it with everything, but they did do it with Harry Potter. They did the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but with Disney, it's, it's a family issue. I mean, I have one Blu-ray player, player but I have five DVD players between um, my t- two TVs, my, my, my spare, like the bedroom TV, the, the car I have these DVDs. One of the things I really liked about the HD DVD format was their combo disc. One side's the HD DVD, one side's DVD. So I knew I could take that kid's movie anywhere we wanted to go. Right. With, with other kids' movies, like you know, these Disney stuff, you know, I had to choose one or the other, and I didn't like that. So doing a combo pack with everything included in one box, to me, is just perfect sense for me as a parent and as a consumer because I can take um, up you know, in Blu-ray and see it in this beautiful high definition picture. But at the same time, I can take it to, you know, the toy room and the kids can watch it in there or on a road trip and have it in the car without having to either buy a second copy of it or acquire one some other way, which we're not going to discuss. I, I, I just enjoy the fact that they're taking care of the consumers that way and in the process promoting the format, which is why I really suggest, you know, you know, consumers, yeah, I can see some initial conf- confusion, but it says pretty clearly on the box, you know, compact and includes Blu-ray, DVD, digital copy. It's mm-hmm. on there. Um, it will certainly speed up the adoption or, uh, of, of the format in terms of the sales numbers of the media because that's all they'd be selling. But everybody's taken care of with one box. When PSP came out several years ago and they had their little UMD format, I said then I would never ever ever buy a separate UMD because they're almost the same cost as the DVD. But I would spend two or three, two, three, four dollars more if the DVD came with the UMD for my PSP and I had that copy with me. They didn't do it then; they thought we was nuts. But here we are with this, you know, quote unquote format war pretty much ended in terms of the high def stuff. But we still have now have an adoption issue. Um, they're making it very easy to to adopt it, or um, at least to. Uh, take the pain out of adopting and the idea of having to double dip or buy two copies. Just one. You get everything you need. Thank you for your, your, thank you for your business. And just to take it one step further with Disney, I know on like their Platinum Series or Diamond Series, whatever they're calling it, like the Snow White or whatever, they even give you the choice. You could have the DVD packaging or the Blu-ray packaging. So for those people that maybe don't have a Blu-ray or they're you know, fanatics about their shelf or whatever, you can even buy the DVD packaging and still get the Blu-ray inside of it, so it just you know maintains that consistency. Oh, okay, so, yeah, so you have that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, hats off to Disney. Yeah, like DreamWorks, I, I have Monsters vs. Aliens ready to go to give to my kids on on Friday, and uh, that's just DVD, Blu-ray. It doesn't even have a digital copy, let alone DVD. Um, that's fine and all; it's going to look great, but um, it, it's frustrating to a degree to not have a DVD. Sean, why don't you jump in and, and do your next recommendation? All right, cool. Um, let's see here. Well, uh, I had a Blu-ray player written down, but Russ got me there. I had Family Guy, something, 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 Dark Side, but Ken got me there. <laughs> and, J- right. and Jim took <laughs> Jim took Justice League, Justice League Unlimited from me. So I'm just going to have to continue to go down my list. I am going to pull a, uh, a old school movie out of my list, and you can actually get it very inexpensively now. Once again, to the crack that is called Amazon.com. New Jack City, hey, two-disc nice. special edition. <laughs> for only five dollars and seventy nine cents, um, that's that's a bargain and a half. You know, urban crime drama. Yeah, some of it's going to look dated, but um, Wesley Snipes as uh, Nino Brown, probably one of his uh, coolest and yet uh, most sinister roles in in American cinema. 
Um, it's, it's not for kids, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Let me make that clear. It's not for kids. But uh, New Jack City, two-disc special edition for, for less than six bucks on DVD. You, you can't beat that. So that is my choice. Nice. Hey, you know what also just came out, Sean, that's in the Best Buy uh, bargain bins? What's is, that? Uh, Christopher Walken in King of New York. Oh, see, and that was actually on my list, too, because, you know, that between that and New Jack City, two different films, two different films completely. But I always have to, like, choose between one or the other. I almost I, that movie lost via coin flip. That would have been on my list. Well, it's either that or else Vampire in Brooklyn. So <laughs> that that movie never gets mentioned <laughs> ever. <laughs> oh. oh, poor, poor Eddie. Terrible, <laughs> terrible. <laughs> but, but that is my recommendation. Very nice. Okay, so real quick, I'm going to start the last round of recommendations. Uh, Asterios Polyp is a book that we have been talking a lot about. It's a David Mazzucchelli uh, original graphic novel. I recommend it for uh, a superhero comic book fan that you want to expose uh, something a little different to. And I recommend it for the geek who wants to maybe turn somebody on to comic books that might be a little resistant to a capes and tights book. Um, very different, very cool. It's graphically beautiful. There's a lot going on. Great story. Uh, like I said, we've talked about it a lot. Maybe one day we're going to cover it. But Asterios Pilot by David Mazzucchelli. Uh You can get it at Amazon for 20 bucks. It's like a $30 cover price or whatever. But uh, I highly recommend it. Sweet. You're up, Adam. Also in the comics theme, um, I picked Cursed Pirate Girl by Jeremy Bastian. Here's a guy who I met but didn't get a chance to interview at the Baltimore Con this year. But if you're a fan of David Peterson's meticulousness in his art, well, you're in good shape because Jeremy Bastian and him are pretty doggone good friends. Um, what happens is there's pretty much the tale of uh, two kind of uh, young girls, and it's kind of a fantasy adventure uh, type story. And uh, basically they go under sea. They go above sea hunting pirate treasure and finding out the truth between their uh, mysterious past. And, um, you know, Bastion's one of those guys that he's up there uh, with, you know, getting lots of acclaim, not only from Peterson, but also from Mike Magnola. And, you know, meeting the guy and, and talking to him, uh, you know, I always turn on to this, to this guy from Jamie D and Murd from uh, Comic Geek Speak. And I definitely put that on a recommend list, too. It's only three issues, and the third issue is probably going to come out probably first quarter uh, 2010. So if you get a chance, check out CursedPirateGirl.com or check out Jeremy at a convention. Awesome. Jim? My choice is uh, Borderlands for the PS3 and uh, Xbox 360, uh, Fallout 3, the RPG, and Halo made Sweet Love Down by the Fire and came up with a baby that I've been playing for way too many hours uh, for me to mention on public podcast. I'm really loving this game and I just got the Zombie Island downloadable uh, content for it and it's uh, even more fun. So, do you mostly the, mostly multiplayer, Jim, or are you following the story? Or I, p- I have a uh, character at level thirty-five on the single player, and I've played co-op a few times with some friends from work. But I, I've, I like it both. I like it both as a single player game and as a co-op game. I think it works equally well. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Ken, I think you have an interesting one next, if you're sticking to your list. Yeah, I'm sticking to my list, because I, I wasn't really sure what to put for my third one for my list, so I came up with something I know everybody can can take have use from. One million dollars. I can't think of anybody who can't find a user for one million dollars, so I highly recommend one million dollars. 
That, that fits well into my next category. Thank you. <laughs> Go ahead. My next recommendation is The Office. And I have come to the TV show The Office rather late. Um, thank you, Brad Milo, for lending me his series one through four DVDs while we were at um, Star Wars Fan Days. And I ripped through those those four seasons of The Office in, like, record time. And I'm completely addicted. So now I'm slowly but surely watching season five on Netflix Instant Watch, uh, one episode at a time. But this show just kills me. I, 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 I want to kick myself for not watching it as it came out. I don't know what about it just didn't really sit with me, uh, the premise or whatever. I'm not a huge Steve Carell fan um, from the movies. Uh, but but watching the show, I just I laugh. I have not laughed more, or I have not laughed harder and more consistently in watching a television show in a very long time. It just everything about it just kills me. Did you ever watch the BBC version? I never have. I can't bring myself. No, I don't know. Oh, why. that's great. I have yeah. not, but, I, but now I want to. Yeah, for sure. I I, I I also find I have this uncontrollable ability um, to work the words. That's what she said into a conversation. Um, uncontrollable and emails <laughs> <laughs> Sean why don't you bring us home in the recommendation category okay uh, my last recommendation is actually it's a it's a book it's called uh, third and a mile um, it's the oral history of the trials tears and triumphs of the black quarterback it's uh, actually this book is almost three years old now you can find it used on Amazon hardcover very inexpensive um, and it has uh, personal anecdotes and uh, firsthand recollections from uh, Warren Moon, Doug Williams, Vince Evans, James Harris, uh, Marlon Briscoe, Donovan McNabb, um, the late Steve McNair, Dante Culpepper, and uh, many other uh, brothers that played the uh, QB position. Um, you know, nowadays it's you know it's not really that big of a deal to see to see a black man under center, but in the uh, '60s, '70s, and there in the mid '80s, it was a big deal, and there was a lot, you know a lot of a lot of these cats like um, Warren Moon took a lot of flack for it. He mentioned he mentioned a uh, a tale when he was in New England that um, some of the uh, slurs that he caught and even like uh, threats toward his family before a game like, you know, really jarred him. But um, it's it's a fascinating book. It's a fascinating insight about being uh, under the center. And I I just find this book just a complete it's a it's a great it's a great read. There was also a DVD that ESPN made. Um, that was based off the book where they actually talked with a lot of these uh, quarterbacks. Um, that is out of print. You can still find it used on Amazon.com, but you can get this book also on Amazon.com very inexpensively. Um, so that is my final recommendation. Now, Sean, does it make me a bad person if, as a Raider fan, I skip the Vince Evans chapter and just read the rest? Hey, man, leave Vince Evans alone. That was my homeboy, man. <laughs> that was my dude. Anytime Hostetler would act up, Vince Evans would come out on the field and throw like an 80-yard bomb. Now, granted, it would either be a touchdown or pick. It was either or. <laughs> yeah. But, um, <laughs> I was just going to say the 80-yard bomb was between the two picks that he threw. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think when he, he was with the Bears, I think Walter Payton actually had a better quarterback um, attempts than than Vince Evans had. Sure did. No, no, and that's the absolute truth. Vince Evans is Vince <laughs> Evans' best best um, professional football was played in the USFL with the Chicago Blitz and the Denver Gold. Um, anything in the NFL is extremely subject. <laughs> that is the that is the definition of gunslinger. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so that's it for our recommendations, and now we're going to move on to our category for things we want but we cannot have or afford for some reason. 
And I'm going to hand that over to Russ to take care of. Great. So just like every Christmas and birthday and holiday, but especially Christmas, there's always tons of stuff out there that we would love to have and are slightly out of our grasp of reach. I know that there's always those things on my list. Sometimes I'm, I'm lucky enough to either get some sort of bonus or, or do some saving and put it away little by little and, and attain this. But I think some of us kind of went traditional, slightly out of reach. Some of us went extreme on, on things that, that are either impossible to obtain or might as well be impossible to obtain. So I guess, John, why don't you start us off? The first thing that I want that I cannot afford right now is a freaking good snowblower, like a high horsepower real snowblower that can handle 16 freaking inches of snow at least. And I say it was two feet easily. And I have this piece of crap from Sears who goes like a foot and a half and stalls every time. So what do I end up doing? I end up chopping and shoveling the snow into smaller pieces, which defeats the purpose of a snowblower entirely. So I will hopefully be getting a real snowblower one day soon. That's it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> a couple years Very ago, there was nice. a big snowstorm on Christmas Day, and I was still working in retail. So the, the day after Christmas, I had to go to work um, for the closing shift. So I get up bright and early and have to shovel my way to my car so I can even possibly get out. It, it's, it's like the snowstorm you were describing. Before I go to work, though, I go to Lowe's, and I literally I buy the last snowblower they have. And it stays in my car for my whole shift so I can use it the next morning and finally get my driveway cleared two days later. It's, uh, you know what? It's, it's white poop. What <laughs> <laughs> does that even mean? <laughs> Just get your kids two shovels, John. <laughs> All right, Adam. Well, I'm not much of an autograph hound, but I get these schemes and I get these plots in my mind, and they sound good. You know, upstairs. But then when I go to price the stuff out, it's so astronomical that there's just no hope at all. I'm going to say things I can't afford is autographs right now. So about a week ago, I was watching Batman the movie, and I got this harebrained idea that, hey, why don't I go back and try to collect autographed cast photo pages of Burgess Meredith as the Penguin, Cesar Romero as the Joker, Frank Gorshin as the Riddler, Milton Berle as Louis the Lilac. You know what I'm talking about? Eartha Kitt as Catwoman. Well, I priced some of this stuff out on eBay and Heritage oh. Collection and all this other stuff. What, you think pages are expensive? Let me tell you how much uh, the rotting corpse of uh, well, I was going to say Frank Gorson brings. I was going to say uh, they're not making any more of those. So a lot. So of course they're expensive. So, <laughs> that's just out of the question altogether. I yeah. thought it'd be cool to have like you know like an Adam West, Burt Ward <laughs> original Batman autograph collection. That's just not happening. No. So with your with your charitable donations to adamumack at gmail.com no I'm joking I thought, I thought um, that but, would be autographs would be pretty easy though I wasn't I wasn't sure what you meant when you put that on your list because you know instead of um, drawing Flash Rebirth 6 your personal friend Ethan Van Skyber seems to just be sending them out in the mail and getting them back autographed so uh, <laughs> I didn't think it would be that easy it would be that hard but apparently if they're dead it is a little harder and more expensive yeah if they're under the ground then that, that'll definitely do it but um you know and I'm not an autograph hound I don't have any of my comics signed I don't have any of my trade signed. I don't have any of my omnibus signed. You know what I mean? But I'm like, hey, this would be cool. And it, it would. It still is. But oh, it would be cool. Not yeah. happening. <laughs> Kimbo. If you go to www.nikko.com, you will see my choice for things that I cannot afford. It's a full-size R2-D2 HD video projector. 
It has uh, USB ports, a port for iPod. It has onboard surround sound uh, speakers, plays DVDs, Blu-rays, and CDs, and is directed by a remote shaped like the Millennium Falcon. Wow. Uh, That is impressive. Yeah, I've uh, seen it. That is very nice. There's a really good video of it on YouTube in action. And uh, like I said, if you go to the site I just mentioned, nicord2d2.com, you will uh, find all the specs and info on that. But if I could afford it, I would definitely buy it. Do you know the price tag off the top of your head, Jim? I tried to find a price online, and the Nico site only has authorized dealers. If you have to ask. (laughs) You probably can't afford it. (laughs) Probably costs the same as it would to get an actual working R2-D2. Right. All right, Ken, you're up. All right, this kind of goes back to our conversation about about Blu-ray and the cost of entries coming down. Still, however... HD TVs. I mean, yes, they're less expensive, but I want to. It's time. It's time for me to outfit the rest of my house with them. I've got one in the main, you know, TV man cave area. Uh, it's time for the other ones to get replaced. And I'm not talking, you know, 50 inch or bigger. I'm talking like, you know, a 32 inch here, you know, a, a smaller one for like the bedroom, whatever. But still, I want to get them to, you know, flat screens, LCDs, HDTV everywhere in the house. That's just not something I can do right now. I'm actually been considering buying the Blu-ray player for. The, the, the main living room area, like that, not where I would normally watch a movie, but the ma- the the main you know TV area, uh, which is a regular TV still, because it will still hook up to it and still look great. But that way, I can then use all my library of movies instead of you know just the one room. Um, but I don't know what I'm going to do yet. But I really want to, like I said, you know, retro the rest of the house into HD. One of the, one of the ways to kind of do that on the a little bit on the cheap, especially in areas where extreme quality is not so much a concern, like a like a bedroom or a guest room or something like that is to look at like a 720p set instead of going to full right. 1080. That's true. Just a way to kind of keep the price down. And there's a lot of good 720p sets out there. Yeah, Shut really, really my main TV right now, uh, my one right now is a 720p. I mean, it'll do 1080i, but it won't do 1080p. So part of my plan yeah, is fine. actually to replace that one with like a 50-inch and then bump the 42 up to the current room right now. That's, that's still a standard television. That's the key, I find, to upgrading TVs. You break one. And then you move the one that you had into the room where you broke one and get a new nice one for the room that you want. You know what sucks? Just, uh, just, just, yeah, you're right. Just an aside is when I first bought my house nine years ago, I, I bought a 32-inch standard you know, tube TV, which was very nice. And my 27-inch TV that I had for at least five years already went in my bedroom. A couple of years ago, that 32-inch um, died, and it's still in my garage waiting for me to f- decide what I want to do with it. The 27 is now still in that primary room there, which is, at this point is 15 years old almost, um, and was refurbished then, and it's still chugging along just fine. But meanwhile, that brand new 32 barely lasted me, you know, eight years, seven or eight years. Actually, it's probably more than, less than that. But it's just like, it's crazy. I hate TVs, but I want them. <laughs> I love them. Yeah. I hate them. <laughs> All right, I'll go next. My uh, can't afford list, I would love to have fiber run to my house and it would solve all of my problems with internet and cell phone usage. Um, it would make the podcast that much better, um, and I'd be able to get all kinds of cool um, TV content if I had fiber. You know, better. really, we were talking about 4G earlier. If they could and if eventually get that near you, that would be pretty much, that would be not just as good, but pretty darn close. Yeah, I'm really fuming because 4G is supposed to have a radius of 35 miles from the tower. And... They put one, there, there's there's a company called Clear that, that does uh, WiMAX stuff right now, and there's coverage area in Austin, there's coverage area in San Antonio, and we're kind of like in between, sort of. 
and there's a place called San Marcos where uh, Texas State University is, and they have 4G coverage in, in San Marcos. Now, aerial shot from where I live to San Marcos is right about 30, 32 miles, so I'm like on the bubble. But the, you go to clear site, and their little bubble coverage for WiMAX is, is a radius of about five miles. So I'm not sure what's up with that other than maybe it's new technology and they want to slowly kind of, you know, ramp it up, you know, and they're not, they're not ready to just kind of broadcast the full power yet until they check their load and stuff like that. So I keep holding up hope that maybe in a year-ish um, I might be able to get 4G. But if I had my choice, I'd still get fiber run. Are there physical boundaries to where you are? I mean, is there a line of sight issue that's limiting it? Uh, probably not, because we're, from an elevation standpoint, where we're at, we're pretty high. Probably a couple hundred miles, uh, a <laughs> couple hundred feet. We're at Mars. Yeah, we're at the top of, um, I'm not girl. No, um, we, we're probably a couple hundred feet higher than a lot of the stuff around us. Um, the house that that we're in is, is at the highest point of this property. Um, and there's not much that you could look around within viewing distance, even that's that's taller. So I doubt it's a line of sight thing. All right, cool, Mr. Pryor. All right, let's see here. Um, what is on uh, something I want but can't afford or can't get? That would be the Masters of the Universe art book, the Art of the Masters of the Universe toy line, which was uh, brought about by Mattel at last at uh, this year's San Diego Comic Con. Why can I not have it? Because Mattel only made 1,000 copies specifically for the San Diego Comic-Con, which a ton of them were sold to resellers. And they, re- they decided to only make 1,000 because they said they were only going to make 1,000 to just you know, take the, the proceeds from the sales and donate them to a charity. A truth be told, it has been said that the reason why they only made 1,000 copies of this beautiful book, which has lav- lavish illustrations of some of our favorite He-Man character toys of, um, of yesteryear, is that if they made more than a thousand copies, they would have to pay royalties to the to the concept artists. Period. So um, I, I found that to be quite bush league, and um, and the way things work at the San Diego Comic Con, nine times out of ten, those books don't land in the hands of actual you know fans or actual people you know waiting in line. Resellers get them and then double the price. I refuse. I refuse to pay a hundred dollars for this book. I refuse to pay two hundred dollars for this book. Um, you know, it's, it's beautiful and everything. And I, I, the lowest I've seen this book go for is $80 and I'm not going to pay $80 for it. it. It's just something about it. I look at it. It's beautiful and everything. I've seen pictures online, but to me, it's a $25 book. Uh, to, to me, my DC comics, uh, action figure archive book is worth more than that masters of the universe book. And I think for me, it's just the one of those sheer things of Mattel could have put this book out for the masses and they didn't. And, and they didn't, and they didn't want to pay royalties to the concept artists. So um, I, I'll never be able to get it. I, so that is on my list. Sounds like a naughty list as well. Oh no, they're gonna, yeah. they're gonna, they're gonna catch it. Trust me. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna say is Mattel's coming up in about ten minutes. So just you wait. <laughs> All right, John, round two. Um, this one's kind of tame. I'll go with the Galactica complete Blu-ray set. This is the last uh, Galactica TV show, not the 1981, the Battlestar from uh, the Sci-Fi Channel. The complete series Blu-ray set is awesome. It's in this very cool, you know, cube-shaped box. It has a Cylon face on the outside. I believe I'm trying to look for the disc number on this bad boy right now. 
and I can't find that information, but it is a huge box set. Ah, 20-disc set, uh, 67 hours of Battlestar Galactica, one of my favorite television shows of all time. I'm going to get this one day. The sticker price right now is a whopping $349.99. Amazon right now, $203.49, which is almost starting to peek its head into the doable area i would definitely have to give up a ton of blu-rays for a period of time (laughs) so i'm gonna map out a calendar period where there's nothing coming out on blu-ray for like four or five months and try to funnel that entertainment money towards the galactica set but a beautiful looking box set and awesome television i'm not quite ready to revisit the whole thing yet anyway kind of just ended like not even a year ago, I guess. So I'm not ready to go back and watch the whole thing over again, but I will be soon. So that will definitely be on my radar. You know, Katie Sackhoff, John, who was Starbuck and Galactica, she was talking to TV Guide this week, and she just uh, you know, announced that she's going to be working on a comic book herself um, with some of the guys that were uh, you know, helping produce all the stuff that she's worked to uh, this point. Uh, the series is called Versus, and she's going to be uh, hopefully debuting it at the San Diego Comic-Con this year, which is kind of a weird Galactica connection. Yeah, I'm hoping that one day they update this set, and they're not going to, but I'm going to hope that they update this set one day with um, the movies that they have put out since the end of the show, uh, The Plan, and what's the other one? Caprica? Well, yeah, Caprica, Razor was the other one, but I think Razor is included in the set. I, I can't be certain on that, but I thought it was. But they, one of the things, you bring up a good point, too, the things that are missing that I know right off the bat are the plan and I think the web series of Young Adama um, that, they, that they showed, I, I think that got clipped. There was a couple things that got clipped, and it just didn't really make a whole lot of sense. It's like if you're going to put up the complete Galactica Blu-ray and you're going to charge 350 bucks retail... It should have every darn thing that they yeah. ever put. Wasn't some or not all, but some of that web series was actually included as part of Razor? Is like actually part of that movie? Yes. Um, no, no, no. Uh, yes, it was. Yes, it was. Some of the flashback stuff was. Right. But the the, the web series um, had a few more episodes and went in a little more yes. detail. On yes, yes, it did. Stuff. What what I'm also hoping for, I guess, I kind of like the presentation of this set the way it is right now. But you know, how, like for Harry Potter. They had the beautiful first five years box set in like the little uh, miniature chest. But then later on, they just slimmed it down and and put out the five movies in a regular like Blu-ray box. And now they're re-releasing the five as their own separate individual Blu-ray releases. Oh yeah, yeah. That's the the classic triple dip. Yeah. But um, so maybe (laughs) maybe they'll strip down the Galactica at some point and make it a little more accessible. But uh, I was thinking about putting this on my recommendation list too. Any any geek or sci-fi fan that you know missed out on this somehow, this is like a must. So say we all. Yeah. So say we all. <laughs> Adam. Well, this is going to tug at Jim's heartstrings, but I cannot afford Absolute Planetary. First of all, good news: they're re-releasing uh, the first volume of Absolute Planetary. That should cover about the what I think first twelve or thirteen issues. And then since Planetary just concluded with issue 27 a couple months ago, they're also releasing Planetary Volume 2. Now, we talked about this during Kingdom Come and also New Frontier this year, guys. The prices on Planetary and League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, Danger Girl, all uh, and The Authority, all those absolutes from Wildstorm and from Vertigo and stuff that are out of print have been hundreds of dollars. And here, even with a discount, 
what they do in a, what only could be described as a brilliant move, sarcasm, is that they decided to release both absolutes at once. And I cannot afford, brothers, to spend money on two absolutes in one month. It's just not going to happen, even with a discount. You know what I mean? And it's too bad, too. I'm just going to have to pick these up at Super Show or something like that or at a convention because I just can't fork it out right now, let alone two of them. You know, these absolutes, man, that's not by any stretch of the imagination. You know, that's not a small investment, even with a discount. You know, you're buying a huge ton of stuff, Jim. I will be uh, totally getting these when they come out. I'm, I'll I will steal extra, them from you. I'll do an extra. <laughs> I'll do extra caterings, or you know, I'll pick up a party somewhere or whatever. But I'm definitely going to get them. Um, I just hope it holds out hope that they reprint some of the other absolutes that are astronomic in price now because they're hard to find. Um, my pick is the new Millennium Falcon from the Power of the Force line. Uh, wow. It's the first time they've redesigned the toy. It's uh, a half again bigger than the 1977 Millennium Falcon that sits upon my desk right now. It's got all kinds of uh, neat and cool things. The action figures can actually sit comfortably in the cockpit the way they did in the movie. (laughs) 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 Especially Chewie, who you kind of had to jam into the old school one. This is uh, a much bigger toy and it's uh, it's really coolly detailed and I've seen it at Toys R Us but I just don't have that kind of scratch right now to spend on a toy. You had an opportunity to get it half off a few weeks ago. Yep. Yeah, I know. And I, I, once again, it's half off in the season when you have no money. That's right. You yeah. got it. Yep. Ken? I'm going to go with a full set of comic cubes for the man cave. I've got, um, I'm looking at 10 short drawer boxes here, which serve the job well, but they're not the favorite thing of my wife to look at. And I would love to be able to. You know, store them a little bit nicer and, and uh, Comic Cubes, who actually is done by the brother of uh, Brian Deemer with Comic Geek Speak. Um, these are it's furniture for your comics, and he, he has full cabinets and full like dressers with you know dr- not dressers but like that size of you know furniture you can get with with drawers, or you can buy them as individual drawers that, that are modular that you can stack together and configure any way you like. So you just buy one at a time or two at a time. But you know, I would want a lot more than ten, or eventually want to get it on there. So uh, yeah, Comic Cubes. Nice storage for my comics. That you know, wife approved storage. Yes, yeah, it would be nice. I I don't see me replacing my twenty two long drawer boxes with comic cubes anytime soon. Right. But it sure would be sweet. All right, so I'll go next. My uh, cannot afford list. Next item is the Xbox three hundred and sixty Modern Warfare two edition. So this one's uh, comes with the game, comes with uh, the bigger hard drive. I think this Xbox has the two hundred fifty gig hard drive on it um, and it's you know branded for modern warfare 2 um, but it's also an extra hundred bucks so it pushes it into the 400 dollars price range but it sure would be sweet since i do not i am like the only dude that does not own an xbox 360 so that's on my my modern list modern warfare 2 is awesome <laughs> and i'm at the point first of all i got nuked the other day <laughs> because if you can right. get I, I it's a ridiculous number it's like if 25. you can get 25 kills without being killed you get the nuclear weapon and kill everyone i you actually get an achievement for being nuked it's called the radiation poison uh, <laughs> achievement and so if you because they're so rare that even if you're in the game where somebody acquires the nuke even if you're on the wrong end of the nuke you still get the points Nice. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. I'm so far in the multiplayer that I have to adapt my guy to get achievements in order to level up because I would never level up if I just 
had to do it by you know killing and winning matches. Now I, I gotta to, ask you. Uh, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I gotta ask you: Are these achievements you can only get if you're in public matches, or can you be in a private match and still get them? Then some games uh, did that to prevent people, friends, from getting together and just you know achievement mining. Where it's like, okay, everybody stand still. Okay, you know, boom, boom, boom. Okay, 25 kills, nuke done. I have no friends and have never played a private match. Okay, so you just don't know. I just don't know. Okay. But you know how, like, RPGs, you know, the higher levels that you get, the more experience it takes to get to the next level. So I have to, like, swap out my weapon for a grenade launcher just to get the 10 grenade launcher kills so I can get that chunk of points to move on. It's crazy. I have a ninja skill. No one can ever see me now. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. Sorry. John? Um, let's see. Uh, something else that is on my uh, can't afford or can't get for some reason list. John, Jim, and I talked about this for a moment on the uh, PKD Black Box podcast. It would be a legitimate copy of the film uh, from a toy called Message from Space. It is essentially the Japanese version of Star Wars. And uh, it, uh, stars, co- it stars Vic Morrow for about 15 seconds. Um, it's cheesy. It's corny. It's campy. I love this film to death. But you cannot find it anywhere. They quit selling VHS copies of this film in the early 80s. The only DVD versions you can find in the States are bootlegs. I want a legit copy of this movie. That's, if, if I could find one somewhere, I'd buy it. Because my, my little bootleg that I made is not hidden. I need the real deal. If you find one, Sean, please let me know. Because that movie is hilarious. <laughs> oh, please believe, Jim. I'll find you one. If, if I find one, you'll get one, too. All right, final round. John? A friend of mine who does very well, uh, he's a restaurant owner as well, Jim, and his wife is also a salon owner, so they're rolling in it. Uh, Once a year, we go to his house to do our fantasy football draft, and I am taken aback by his home theater. Now, when I say home theater, I don't mean a room that has all the cool equipment and a big TV. I mean a theater in your house he's got a popcorn machine uh marquee with movie posters in it that rotate um you know theater seating projection high def uh all of the there is a website which i don't know the name of that sells like the prop stuff for theaters so that uh you can have uh you know the good looking pillars and the right rug for the acoustics and the whole nine yards uh, so the thing that I cannot afford is a real home theater with all of the trimmings. I'm with you. Very good. Do you even have other room to put it in if you had it, or do you need a new house to go with that? I would need a new house. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's a double whammy. <laughs> all right, Adam. All right. When Top Chef, uh, the latest Las Vegas season, was going on on Bravo, one of the cool things was that one of the contestants on there, Brian Voltaggio, is a local business owner and, strangely enough, John and Jim, restaurant owner um, downtown here in Frederick, Maryland. And one of the things that we got to do uh, during the – whenever the shows came on on Wednesdays was that we'd go down there, you know, have some wine and stuff like that. And uh, it was really cool. It was open to the public and it was just kind of like, you know, going over to someone's house and watching Lost or something like that. Well, going to his restaurant, Volt, uh, <laughs> for as many times as we have done – 
uh, you know, has put us in the done poor house and we can't go there anymore. But um, what I would say is, you know, find some local restaurants around your place like Volt. Uh, this was just a cool example, you know, and take your wife out for the holidays too. Uh, but, you know, you got to skip the dollar menu though, guys. You know, you got to do it up nice this time. But as much as we'd like to go back there again, you know, we're okay with microbreweries and stuff too. So maybe the five-star restaurants won't cut it and stuff. So there's always hope. There's always hope. Or you could bring them to the reasonably priced Gypsy Cafe in beautiful Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. <laughs> yes, I've heard the food is quite tasty. <laughs> yeah. Jim? PS3. Can't afford it. <laughs> Would love to have one. Enough said. <laughs> here, here. Mr. Morgan? Oh, I got an easy one. You know, you think these would be easy to come by. I want a Red Lantern ring. Not the, I got the plastic one from DC. Very nice. You know, it's attractive. You know, get the point. No, I want the real one. I want the one that's going to tap into my rage and really make it work for me. That's what one I want. I can't afford that. Oh, that's all you need. <laughs> that's all we need for you to have. <laughs> I'd, I'd, probably, I'd probably go in on that deal just, just, to, just to see it happen. <laughs> <laughs> all right, for my last pick, I am going to pick a 1080p projector. I would love to have a true high-definition projector. They're they're kind of getting into the realm of possibility now. They've gone from you know 10,000 to 5,000. So I think now you can get one for even under 2,000 just in a very short period of time. So that that's for me. And I think eventually when my house is built, uh, uh, that's going to be purchase number one. And I tell you, just to, as a quick mention before we move on, the the movie studios have to do something. Because as this stuff gets more affordable, there's just less and less of a reason to go to the movies. I myself love the movies. I love going to the theater. It's probably not going to change for me. But my kids and, and, you know, Ken, your kids that that are that age, they're going to grow up with, like, big TVs and maybe projection screen one day. And there's going to be no reason to fork out whatever the price of a ticket will be at that point. You know, for bad popcorn and, you know, people that talk during the show when you can sit on your couch and see, you know, 1080p on a projector. I predict that, you know, back in the 20s and 30s in the early days of movies, movies in the theater were four by three, just like your, your TV sets were. And when television came out, movies needed something to do to compete. So they went. 16 by 9, you know, widescreen on, on the format to get people to, to get into the movies again and see these, you know, Cinerama and all these crazy um, inventions they had, Daisy chaining two and three cameras together to get this widescreen, um, you know, how the West was one kind of look to it. So now TVs have, have gone, you know, back, and now they're, they're trying to get in the movies again. So who knows, maybe movies this time will go the opposite way. Maybe now we'll see, you know, skinny screens that are, you know, four four or five stories tall. Yeah, actually, we're, um, we're starting and, to see them. We're starting to see that now. Um, IMAX is becoming more and more complex. They're building one here in Scranton. We're going to be having it in a year. How many movies um, are you seeing advertised now that's available, you know, regular IMAX, IMAX 3D? So, I mean, it might really be going that way. You know, okay, well, got to go even bigger, and you'll see even more um, IMAX stuff. The Dark Knight, not only was it IMAX, but it had scenes that were shot specifically for IMAX. It wasn't just, you know, blown up on a big screen like Spider-Man 3 and some other ones were. So you might be, really, that might be one of many, a couple ways they can go. Yep. Mr. Pryor? Well, let's see here. Let's see. What I would like or uh, can't get for some reason is uh, funding for PKD Media. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I would like. Uh, some, 
some funding so we could uh, actually uh, make a bigger a bigger push to uh, get more people aware of the comics that we got out there and also funding to work on some live action projects as well. So that's what I would like, but right now it's currently not within my grasp. Uh, maybe it's time for some fundraising. But um but no that is uh that is something that is on that is not attainable at this time. Do you have a plan like if you if somebody came through with X amount of dollars, like what would your plan of action be? What would your attack? Oh, the the attack would be with that uh, we would have automatically we would automatically state we would put out X amount of books a year, and some of those books would be original graphic novels. Uh, some of them would be uh, quarterly books. Oh, as far as live action projects go, we would probably go of the um, Adult Swim route, a uh, fifteen minute programming. And some some of it sci fi based, some of it comedy based. Uh, we would also then provide li- uh, content on our website, <clears throat> both live action content, comics content would then be in color on the website, and we would also be able to advertise on the internet and also advertise in uh, in uh, the big mar- in big markets as well to get the word out. So, and that that's that's just like that's a quick business plan. That's that's not like the full deal, but that's like the the abrupt business plan. Awesome. Hopefully one day soon. Yes, yeah, so one day. I day. I'll just keep hustling until then. I think that closes that category out. So I think what we're going to do, because, you know, we're running a little long, nice getting going on. I think we're going to take our last two categories of naughty and nice, and I think we're just going to kind of go lightning round with these. We're just going to kind of, each one of us will, will go and shout off our, our, you know, couple picks for each, and we'll interject here and there wherever. So I will hand it off to Mr. Uack. I've got the naughty list this year. Now, what you guys can do is you can rant, you can rave, you can go all out berserk. You can play or hate whatever you need to do in this category. So, Sean, who is on the naughty list for you this year? <laughs> okay. Um, Mattel, um, Mattel and toy companies in general, y'all are on my naughty list. And let me explain why. Mattel, uh, just, just, just breaking it down, very, very simple and plain. If you do cool stuff like the Masters of the Universe uh, art book, make it available to the general public, okay? You know good and well, if you only make a thousand copies, you know, it's not going to get in the right hands. It's just going to get in the hands of resellers who are going to overcharge for it. And because there are suckers that are willing to pay uh, more than retail for those books, they'll do so. And in the end, it benefits no one. Secondly, I'll say it once and I'll say it again until the day I drop. You know, kids have options. They have, they have video games. A parent will go buy a $50 video game for the simple fact that they know it can keep a kid occupied long enough. If, if you charge between 8 to $13 for action figures, parents will bypass on those in a freaking heartbeat nowadays. I, I'm, I'm sorry. It's, I, I, know, I know times have changed. I know, the, I know that, like, you know, we've had, um, you know, inflation and all, and all those other things. But when it comes to a point when a three by three force action figure ranges between seven to nine bucks, there is a problem. Parents won't have it. They won't buy it unless the kids scream for it. There's no suggestive, hey, I found this um, DC Universe action figure for you because I know you like Superman. I know you like Batman. That's not going to happen because they can just go buy a video game for 40 bucks and call it a day, period. It's just, just it's simpler and it takes up more of a kid's time than a child that has one action figure and can't and, and can't cop another one yet. Same thing for the DC, the, like the big DC Universe figure, figures. Yes, they're very nice. Yes, you can have the build a figure thing. 13, 14 bucks. You're taking something 
that essentially is for kids and for people that are trying to reclaim their childhood and all the stuff they couldn't get in the past, you're, you're more aiming it toward an adult market than a children's market. That's a problem. It, to, me, to me, it's a very big problem, and I'm tired of these overpriced toys. I, I call BS on that. Yes, there were expensive toys when we, were, when we were coming up, too. I know that. I've seen it. My dad bought the Sky Striker for me for Christmas. <laughs> Trust me. I knew that was expensive. But there's a proper imbalance right now with these toys and toy pricing. I just I don't dig it. I really don't. And I'm mad at Mattel about that more than anything else. And I won't even talk about the whole Hasbro and, and the Marvel toy pricing. I think that's boo-boo as well. So that yeah. is um, on, that's my naughty list right there. Very cool. John? <sighs> Hit the music, Ken. <laughs> when you decide that you need to leisurely walk your dog after a major snowstorm, I, I don't want to hear from you. I'm humping two feet of snow on my front lawn, and you need to come by with your poodle with your poodle with a sweater vest on and tell me and tell me how beautiful it is. And isn't it nice to have a white Christmas? Really? No, it's not. How about I ninja flip my shovel at your dog and lop his head off? Okay, I'm done. <laughs> My other naughty list is for movie studios that make you watch the previews before a DVD or a Blu-ray. They force you and don't let you skip it. And that doesn't seem Preach. as bad after the dog lady, but it's very annoying that if I like a, a movie enough to buy the Blu-ray, I've probably already seen it in theaters you know, I've probably so now I've spent what you know ten bucks just on myself to go see it. Another fifteen to twenty-five on the Blu-ray, and I still have to sit through your commercials. That's not happening. I'm that's a naughty list. No, or, <laughs> I, I would love for it to actually. You know, with the technology today, they could do cookies or they could set some sort of flag or something that says, "Hey, you've watched this disc before." And, you know, if they're going to force you to do it once, okay, fine, whatever, it's, it's bad, but it's not that bad. But some of those, like Disney's bad, too, where every time you put that disc in, you got to sit through it. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it's I'll tell you, I, I, don't, I don't get that one, but that's it. So at the top of my list is mean art collectors. When I was in Baltimore this year, and I did not have this, you know, in the interviews with Erica and everybody that we had, I didn't mention this. But I was literally pushed aside, not twice, but three times at Baltimore just to get in lines for like Evan Dorkin or Doug Braithwaite, you know, or whoever else that, you know, I tried to get sketches from. Now, listen, first of all, if you are in front of me at line, then hats off to you are a better person for getting in the convention. But when you do make it, all due respect, I know the geek type are not, oh, shall we say, socially acceptable and generally uh, awkward in relation to society, but there's no need to start, uh, you know, Mortal Kombat in the, in the freaking art lines, that's for sure. I could deal without that. Uh, that's just a whole other mindset of collecting that I'm not interested in. The second thing is, get ready for this one, Sean, is Mattel. Mattel because I hate you. Mattel because I hate you with a passion and intensity of a thousand burning suns. Mattel because... You have delivered to us at Target only, the only store that will carry your crap products that I continue to buy. I don't know why. You will continue to carry repaints of same characters that I have. No disrespect, Sean. 
but like Red, like Red Tornado or Mr. Miracle. Then what you'll do, Mattel, is you'll give me repeat characters. For example, I am looking right now at my DC Universe collectibles and my Justice League Unlimited line. And right now, I can count roughly eight different Batman and eight different Superman characters. Mattel, because none of your figures are ever in stock. Because your release date is so screwed up that no one would even venture to even guess, let alone plan or design, what toys may come next. Mattel, because you have upped the price of all your figures $3 this year, which is an awful lot when you're buying three packs because then those have been upped about seven or eight bucks. And Mattel, because you have forced me to sell off my DC Universe collectible figures, which are going up on eBay literally tonight, because I am tired of hunting around, scoping out, trying to do some Ninja Gaiden nonsense to find your dumb figures. And also because your Build-A-Figures are lame. Nobody wants chemo. It's a dumb character to begin with. Just give me Dark Side and be done with it. And also because you've screwed up inevitably, will and will continue to screw up, the Batman, the Brave, and the Bold line. Because even though it's an awesome show, you refuse to release the Joker, Despero, and anybody ter- and any other tertiary character who the animation department has made awesome. You have rendered them useless because you cannot keep a street date straight in your head at Target only, I might add, for your lame characters. And I am done with you now and forever. Jim, you're up. Hey, hang on, Jim. I, I, have, I have a quick follow. I'm sorry. I have a quick follow for Adam. Uh, <laughs> if you sell your, your figures, how are you going to make those fancy Facebook videos? <laughs> <laughs> those are DC Direct, Ken. And oh. we love DC Direct on this podcast. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> uh, yeah, Glorf- but- <laughs> Glorified Barbies. Barbies. What do you think this is? A World of Toys episode? <laughs> I'm sorry for interrupting, Jim. Go ahead. Okay, creepy doll guys. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> my naughty list, the top of my naughty list is uh, Brian Wood. Uh, I'm calling him out uh. in a public, public place because Johnny and I got up early on uh, in the morning to interview this guy. We are supposed to interview him at 10 a.m., and I remember he texted Johnny at like 9.57 or something to say that he couldn't make it and has not been in touch with us since. So, Brian, lump of coal for you, my friend. The other one I sent out is for Wizard World for scheduling their convention the exact same weekend as New York Comic Con. That's just wrong, dudes. Come on, seriously. What do you Pulse think they're out. thinking? Like, do you think that they're thinking that they're going to compete, or I think they actually think people. No, I, I think they're. Go ahead, Ken. I say they really actually think they're going to take people from New York, New York City Comic Con, which is going to be exact, the exact opposite. Yeah, it's I think you're you read the <laughs> Yeah, I read on. Uh, I think it was uh, IO9 or, or Gizmodo, or one of those sites that Wizard itself has gone from a staff of about sixty down to a staff of about seven. Right. Here's a really so. funny thing. I forget which, which Wizard World was the competing one with Celebration 5 next year. But when Celebration 5 announced their weekend in Orlando, I think it is, um, Wizard World wherever, I'm sorry, I can't remember which, which venue it was, is moving that date because they don't want to be, go against LucasArts. Funny thing is, yep. from what I understand, Celebration 5 is put on by Reed, who does New York City Comic Con. Adam Reed is doing a convention. Reed, oh, Lord. <laughs> Reed conventions, no. Reed, Reed, whatever. Oh, thank God. No. That explains why he's so busy. <laughs> and also, I might add, Brian Wood didn't even show up to Baltimore, so you two are in good company with being blown off by that guy. Trust me. All right. Uh, Ken, you're up. I am. Thank you. Two quick ones. First off, Wives, who 
go where they're not supposed to and they find Christmas presents that they're not supposed to know about and then confront you about it and say, I hope that red box that's all nice and wrapped up isn't for me. And it's like, mm. what are you doing in my car anyway? <laughs> <laughs> and and the, we said we weren't going to get gifts for each other. <laughs> okay, and the second one is uh, real simple. Kudos. Real simple. Trekkie. Kudos to you, sir. For... Go ahead. Oh, sorry, Ken. No, go ahead, Kudos Sam. to you, sir, for not falling into that trap. Yes, seriously. Uh, the second thing, though, however, is uh, is trackies. Those guys are a bunch of nerds. <laughs> <laughs> there goes forty percent of our listenership. <laughs> <laughs> so my first naughty list is going to be the MPAA, the Motion Picture Association of America, for not nominating The Dark Knight for Best Picture. That's just just a travesty. Um, I'm not saying it should have won, but I definitely think it should have been nominated for many, many reasons. Um, and I think due to the fact that it didn't get at least nominated last year, I think is, is part of the reason that this year they're actually expanding the Best Picture category out to 10 from 5. So that and maybe that there are just a lot of sucky movies this year. Hard to say. The other on my naughty list is people who don't show up for the setup and clean up to a big event, but are there to drink all the free beer and alcohol that is being served. <laughs> Which which caused me to not get home until 2 a.m. this morning. Would this be the fireman's uh, holiday gala that you that you throw? It would be. Um, Black tie affair, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, if, if, the, if our dress shirts weren't, if our fire, fireman dress shirts weren't white, I would have definitely been wearing my Red Lantern shirt up underneath that guy because I was a little fuming last night. That's all I got. Yeah, we got two Red Lantern candidates. We need some green to even out the Christmas spirit. Jim, do you have the willpower to do the nice category? I'm nothing but nice, my friend. Sean, why don't you start us out on the nice uh, category as well? Wow. Um, as far as nice goes, I have to uh, give uh, props to two people on the nice list. I First off, say thank you for everybody that's been so cool and very supportive of everything that we try to do. Um, as far as com- making comics and all that stuff goes, love that. I'm very, very thankful. I'm very, very, very thankful for all that. Um, but I want to give shout-outs to two people on my nice list. One is Jamal Igle, artist Jamal Igle. He does artwork for Supergirl. And artist uh, Daryl Banks. Daryl Banks used to do artwork for Green Lantern uh, during the Ron Mars uh, run of Green Lantern. And I had, I've had the opportunity at a few cons to talk with both of these gentlemen over the past year or so. And they've been very insightful. They've been very helpful. They've been very supportive. And, you know, they've also been very honest with me about the industry, the comic book industry as well. And they are wonderful people. And as people, I I wish there were more people like that in the comic book industry. And because I I really think the industry could go a lot further if there are more people like them with, you know, with within the business. Um, because not only do they, have, you know, not only are they business savvy, but they also know about art. They know about you know storytelling. They know, they just know so much, and they are just wonderful people to know and wonderful people to get to get advice from. And I'm very thankful to you know just to communicate with them and uh, you know and talk with them, hang out with them. I hung out with Jamal Igo, me and my, myself and Mr. Umac and a bunch of folks. We hung out with Jamal out at the Pittsburgh Comic Con. We all had dinner one night, and that was just fantastic. So. 
I want to put those two cats on, on my on my nice list. And there are a lot of people that I want to put on my nice list, but then the podcast will be four hours long. And I don't want this to go. I, I don't want to be like Don Cornelius and give you like a four-hour speech at a Soul Train Music Awards. So, um, <laughs> so I'm just going to stop. If I didn't mention, you know, all these other people, please just charge it to my head and not my heart. Well put, sir. How about you, Mr. Johnny M.? Uh, okay, along the same lines of hoping that I'm not forgetting anybody, I just wanted to thank, uh, let's see, Top Cow, Xenoscope, Titan Books, Rob Williams, Tara Bennett, Jonathan Hickman, Robert Atkins, Magnolia Films, Brian Hancock, Dan from San Antonio, and everyone else who has helped out our show this year. Uh, we talked briefly about some people that stood us up. Well, these people came through big time, uh, and they continue to do so, which is awesome. Um, I would also like to... Shout out to Marvel and DC. You know what? We bitch a lot about book prices, and with, and with reason. You know, the, the comic book prices have gotten to a almost ridiculous level. We complain a little bit about the events and the crossovers and the double dipping and the schedules of trades and hardcovers and absolutes and blah, blah, blah. But you know what? We're a show that uh, talks about comics, and we love comics. And I really think Marvel and DC put out some good comics this year. Um, I think Blackest Night was an awesome event uh, that has spanned a long period of time, included a lot of books, and mostly everyone has positive things to say about it. Uh, I think Marvel did a heck of a year with Dark Reign, and a lot of people were questioning that move at the end of Secret Invasion, and it turned out really well, and a lot of good books came out of that. So I'm going to turn it around this time and give a hand to the big two for once. And that's it for me. It's cool with all the, the, the geek bitching that we get to that we actually can uh, hand out some props. So thanks, John. Uh, how about you, Mr. Mac? All right. Well, I've got quite the legion of lifts to put together, too, from interviews and stuff at conventions. This year, I'd like to thank Erica Hesse, Randy Martin of MightyNib.com, our buddy Jack Purcell, uh, who's inking Batman right now, uh, David Gallagher and Steve Ellis from Zuda Comics High Moon. I also want to thank uh, everybody at the Baltimore, Pittsburgh, and SPX shows as well. Top Shelf Publishing, uh, Jamal Eigel, again, a repeat, Gene Gonzalez, Evan Dorkin. I'd like to thank Pants and Bird from Comic Geek Speak, and also Donnie Salvo, uh, one of our listeners, Darth BX, a.k.a. Renee Alvarado, Matthew Kent, and also James Colchocket. Let's not forget Brian Hancock, too. So thanks to those guys. You know, what, what a great you know, bunch of guys to talk to and hang out with on the forum. I want to give another shout-out to Dark Knight Jared, who's been going back and listening to our backlog. Also, Match Kit John has been going back and listening to the backlog. Um, we've had a lot of new listeners this year. You know, it's, it's, it's really overwhelming to see, you know, whenever we're on the forum and, you know, you guys, you know, talk about books and stuff. I want to thank DeFixer's Hideout, Comic Book Roadshow, No Apologies. I want to thank Daryl, Ma'at, Lori, and DeFixer, and everybody uh, in that family. And, you know, I'm sure, you know, We'd love to meet you guys at Super Show and stuff because, you know, there is a group of podcasts just like us and Half Hour Wasted that have kind of like been on the collision track of, you know, being really good friends and stuff just in the past, I'm going to say, six, seven months or so. So respect to and I hope everybody has a really, really good holiday with their family and a good new year, too. Sweet. Well, on my nice list, I have uh, Dave Gibbons for answering our questions, Eric Powell, who I got to interview at New York Comic Con, uh, Matt Fraction, DK Publishing, uh, Jim Martin, who we got to interview at Still City Con, uh, the Still City Derby Demons, 
Uh, everybody who showed up for Geek Throwdown this year and is going to show up for Geek Throwdown this coming year, uh, our brothers at Half Hour Wasted, uh, Brad, Frank, and Bill, uh, the dudes over Raging Bullets, Sean and Jim. Uh, I'd like to also shout out Clay Enos for uh, the interview he gave us, Megan Washington and Nicole Conte, uh, Ziggo, one of our uh, biggest fans, and everybody who helped out LOD in, uh, in, uh, in 09 and who listened in and enjoyed what we do. Uh, it's been a cool ride, and it's, I think it's only going to get better, so thanks. So I'll jump in, and uh, I can't possibly compete with those lists because I think they were pretty complete, so I'll just pass on my thanks to everyone who made the Legion of Dudes be uh, the great success it, it, it is. Just to go a little personal one here, just because it's a TV show that I'm loving, I want to thank the cast and crew of Stargate Universe. You took a, a franchise that was uh, starting to feel some age and breathe some new life into it with a great premise. Uh, at first, I really thought it was going to be a, 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 a complete takeoff on another franchise's uh, one show, but it, compl- it really is not. So thank you, Stargate Universe. and But most importantly, to the dudes themselves, John, Adam, Jim, Russ, and Dan, Sean, our other guest hosts, you guys as well. Talking comics is a lot of fun, and we have such a diverse group with us that we give each other a lot of grief uh, over email and that, but it's still a lot of fun to hang out with each and every one of you uh, week after week. So thank you. I got you, buddy. Thank you, sir. Thank, thank you. you, sir. Hey, can Thanks, I start? Can I watch Stargate Universe right off the bat without knowing any of the other crap? Because I yes. love the movie. Yes, and you can. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I can't. I don't yeah. have the the. I don't even want to say the time because I'd find the time if I really liked it. But I don't have the energy to watch like all of the Stargate things. But when you think about, it, there's 15 seasons between Stargate and SU One and Stargate Atlantis uh, of like 22 to 20 episodes each season. So yeah, you you don't need to do all that. They're they're good. There's some duds in there, but yeah, you can jump into Stargate Universe and enjoy for what it is. Everything you need, they actually give you pretty much right up front because one of the point of view characters is someone who's new to the quote unquote Stargate program. So as he's giving out the speed, so are you. So you can, uh, you're, you'll be fine. Awesome. I'm the same way with uh, Torchwood. Everybody says I got to watch all this Doctor Who no, stuff. No, you don't. Absolutely before not. I start Torchwood. You absolutely don't. Do, absolutely do not. Well, there we go. All right, now, Mr. Ross, how about your nice list? Um, I'm going to put Matt Fraction on my nice list for number one. Just, again, like I mentioned, or like you'll hear soon in the Duty Awards, Fraction was a big deal for me this year. He got me, you know, back into putting Uncanny X-Men as the top of the stack kind of book. You know, all his stuff on Iron Fist. Um, you know, Fraction's just kind of all over the place. Invincible Iron Man, he's going to be writing four. So I, I think he's a really, yeah. I just think he's a really cool guy. You know, I've read a lot of interviews with him, you know, with CBR and Nizarama, listened to other interviews that, that he's that he's done. And he's just he's just got a really cool perspective. He seems real down to earth. You know, some of his concepts are a little kind of out there, but, um, you know, he just really puts a lot of attention and detail into the medium. And, uh, you know, I'm just really impressed with his work overall. The other one on my nice list is J.J. Abrams. And, you know, a lot of times lately when you mention J.J. Abrams, it's all about Star Trek and... You know, again, a guy that just was able to successfully reboot that franchise and not totally polarize everybody. For the most part, it was very accepting. Everybody liked it. It was a it was a phenomenal film. You know, best pick of the year for me personally. Um, but you know, he also you know, of course, Lost is is another J.J. Abrams production, and that's about to gear up for the final season. So that's that's another good one. And Fringe. If you're not watching Fringe, you're really kind of doing yourself a disservice. I think a lot of people were afraid it was going to be like the X Files and kind of go off the rails on the mythology and stuff. But Fringe is just an excellent, excellent show, and it's another J.J. Abrams uh, creation. So um, so both of those guys. And, of course, the, the dudes, I know, kind of goes without saying. 
Ken, you mentioned it as well, but it's just, it's just been a great ride to do this show every week and sometimes, you know, several times a week and to, to chat, you know, back and forth on all the email like we do. I, I really look forward to going to Super Show in March and being able to see everybody and just kind of hang out and, and BS and, and, you know, have a few adult beverages and uh, just kind of unwind a little bit, so. We've had a great year, guys. That, that's just the bottom line right there. We've had a great year. We had episode 50, which is, you know, may have not even happened if we didn't keep going after who reads the Watchmen, you know. So let's keep on keeping on. We've got lots of cool stuff coming up for you in January. And with that, I'm going to toss it over to John. Okay, well, that about wraps it up, Sean. Once again, we want to thank you for coming on. This is a marathon-type show, and we held you for a long time, but we love having you. And we're going to be looking forward to everything PKD Media does and all of our black box shows and, and everything else you can throw us, my man. Well, thank you. Hey, it's always a pleasure being on, uh, being on the Legion of Dudes. And this Christmas episode, this is tradition, so I expect a 2010 Christmas show, and I will be here guaranteed uh, no doubt and hopefully by then i'll have a copy of message from space very nice <laughs> excellent that would be awesome <laughs> yes but no seriously thank you guys for not only being supportive and being just you know great night great and nice people in general but just for continuing to spread the love of pop culture and geekdom and you know what look geekdom is for everybody let's just all embrace it and and just enjoy it for what it is you know and i'm so tired of people compartmentalizing everything that this is just for these folk and this is just for this folk. Look, this is for everybody to love and enjoy. So, you know, as long as, you know, y'all keep spreading that type of love out and it's just, things are just going to continue to grow and grow and, you know, continue to get even better and better and better for you guys. So just continued best of success uh, to all of y'all. Thanks, man. All right. And we want to thank everyone who joined us again for this Christmas 2009 this holiday edition of the legion of dudes thank you for the indulgence for this extra long episode um, of course as always you can find this episode and many others at legionofdudes.com you can also find our brother podcast half hour wasted at www.halfhourwasted.com or on this same feed send your comments to comments at legionofdudes.com or just simply send us a voicemail to 516-468-7912 next week we'll be closing out the year with our second annual duties awards where we will go over some of our top picks for 2009. So we'll see you back next week, and of course all throughout 2010. Thanks, and have a great holiday season. Good night. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night. Good night.